On today's episode of Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling, we have our retro beer ratings from King of the Ring 1998. It was a pretty all right pay-per-view. Pretty much just like the last four matches. No real like spectacular matches. No like all-timers that have ever happened. Except for, uh, you know, that Undertaker-Mankind-Hell-in-a-Cell match. It was awesome to watch once again. And we're going to be recapping the WWE draft and recapping how stupid we were from last week. Uh, Chad made an excellent prediction last week with Hit Row. And, and some other predictions that we got completely wrong. And some other stuff that happened from this week in wrestling from Raw and SmackDown and on Dynamite and NXT 2.0. So as always, you can follow us on DDT Russell Pod. You can follow me on Untapped at Dylan Free. You can follow Joe on Untapped at Joe Kalinowski. We're gonna have a great show for everyone today. Is everyone ready to go? Oh yeah. Yep. Let's go. Welcome into episode 27 of the Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. I am Dylan and I am joined by Joe and Chad. How's everyone doing today? I mean, I, I think it's pretty cool we're doing an episode where we're not all asleep. First one in a while. Yeah, we didn't all just wake up. First one in, I think, three weeks where we didn't all just wake up or are on the verge of passing out. I mean, are you on the verge of passing out right now? No, I feel great. I woke up at 5.30. It is 6. Yeah, it's about 6 right now. See, I'm good. I'm yeah, good. I woke up at 3.30 this morning, so I'm pretty close. I, I got like an hour before, before I'm sleepy. Oh. That's really early there, bud. You should, <laughs> uh, you should stop doing that. Um. Not a whole lot of news this week in wrestling. In fact, there was quite literally none because we had the draft. So most of the news out of this week comes from people just salivating over potential dream matchups with the new rosters, which we're going to talk about. Uh, so let's get straight into the retro beer ratings from King of the Ring 1998. Boy, oh boy, this was a sign and quote fest of a fucking pay-per-view really just like the last four matches were good. The, the first five, not good at all, but you know, we're moving chronologically through 1998 and uh, this was the next one up. And we got obviously an all timer from undertaker and mankind in the hell in a cell match. But I mean, as always, we're going to start it off with some signs 
There were so many signs here. There were a good amount of signs. I think I got. I have nine. eleven signs. I got ten. I got ten signs. Eleven. So. Just an unbelievable amount of signs, and there's probably going to be a lot of layover here. Joe, yeah. How, yeah. Joe, how many? How many did you get, Joe? I don't know. I how how many? Like, yeah. How many? How many did you feel like were worthy of making it onto the show? Yeah, eight. Eight. Got eight. Okay. Chad, since you have the most, why don't you just go ahead and start off with the uh, the first one that you saw? All right, I'm gonna pick my favorite one, not my first one. My personal favorite said, "Sable can't wrestle, but I'd like to see her box." I did not <laughs> see that one. I didn't. I didn't. I see didn't that see either. that one. What the fuck? It was. I had to pause it to get that one. So that's the one I thought was most likely not on your list. But I had to. I had to pause it and like only saw like 75% of it the first time. And then the second time I saw her snip it from the other direction and pieced it together. Interesting. I, yeah, there was a few signs that were like really long and I had, I, I did try pausing it like once or twice to try and see them, but like there was people heads, there was, there was people's heads in the way and I couldn't see the full sign. So I didn't write them down because I just couldn't figure out what the fuck they said. Um, I'll just take the obvious here and just go with all of my head signs. PJ wants head. There was just people. There was a guy with an H, another guy with an E, another guy with an A, another guy with a D. They all had head as their sign. Uh, and then everyone needs a little head. Yep, got that. Just, just lots of head signs, which was just fun. The 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 Al Snow and head match was. Not good, but it was it was fun. Um, I got a double whammy here, so oh they boy. they both had they both had the same theme, in the spirit of uh, Austin three sixteen, but instead it said Sable for sixty nine. Saw that one. Saw that. And then Sable twenty four seven sixty nine. Saw that one too. Yep. Good ones. What else do you have, Chad? Uh, I'll knock out a couple of the quick and easy ones. Uh, I thought this one was funny in 2021. There was one that said, not my champ. I did okay. see that one. I saw that one, did not write it down. Uh, I forget who, I think, I think I saw that one the most during the rock matches. So it's yep. prob- probably talking about him. Even yeah, though, I think so. even though I feel like when the rock came out for his first match, like when his, when his music hit, there was a lot of cheers, but then during his matches, lots of Rocky sucks chants. Maybe it's like a Kurt Angle thing where we all chanted Kurt Angle sucks at the beginning of the, the theme music, but then we all love it, you know? Yeah. Because eventually, later this year, I know he gets really popular, so I don't know. In the, in the same match, I saw one that said the Rock's cooking sucks. Yeah, go off the, and then in that same match, I saw one that said, go to hell, Carlos. I don't know what Carlos did to that person. <laughs> fuck you, Carlos. Yeah. That go to hell Carlos started off my my weird signs. So I had a go to hell Carlos. I had a Nicole Fierce China. Don't know and who Nicole is, but Nicole I, yeah, definitely Fierce China. Well, I think Nicole got the last laugh there. Um, and then I had a he's gay with an arrow pointing down at himself. So if that was his coming out, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of him and I'm happy for him. I also had a gay sign. Uh, yeah, I have one too. JJ, ain't he gay? Talking about Jeff Jarrett. 
I mean, these are just sick burns in 1998, 2021. Yeah. I mean, could be a compliment. I don't know. I had two people do the exact same sign in different parts of the arena that said Vince is gay. So clearly in the 90s, that was like the sickest of burns. Yeah, a lot of people hated Vince McMahon. Pretty much everyone hated Vince McMahon in the late 90s. Uh, and yeah, if you wanted to, it, like that was just the max level of, of intelligence that you could get from a, of a, from a WWF fan back in the Attitude Era was if you wanted to, if you wanted to really get someone good, you would just call them gay, or I chant guess. that they're gay. Yeah, just... I had a China sucks DX. Saw that. Yeah, I had that one. Had that and one. And if only they knew how true their sign was going to be. <laughs> Yikes! Me and Joe have seen the same videos. Um, did you guys see the D's nuts chant or uh, sign? No. no. There was a D's nuts sign, which I thought that was just a thing that became a thing after that viral video where the guy was like, these nuts, but I guess not. Um, um, also saw a sign that said Kane is Isaac Yankum. Yeah. I saw that I, one, <laughs> which I was like, wow, these, these fans are actually that at least that one fan is semi smart. See, I had a Kane is my dentist and I thought that person wasn't that smart. Then they kind of correlate Isaac yeah. Yankum's gimmick was a dentist. Yeah. He was Britt Baker before she was a thing. He was Isaac Yankum, like DDS or something like that. I had uh, my favorite one of the night, other than the first one I gave you, was in the, the head match. There was a sign that said, too hot, too sexy, too gays. <laughs> Relating to the, the nicknames of Scott Taylor and Brian Christopher, who eventually became Sky Too Hottie and Grandmaster Sex A. It's a, and their pants, the little one of them literally said too hot on the pants, which was guy too hottie. And then Brian Christopher said too sexy. And a sign said too hot, too sexy, too gays. <laughs> Just another sick burn. Uh, I missed another head sign. Uh, there was a sign that said will job for head. I saw that one. Yeah. <laughs> Just, Just some, some good signs. Just some all around good signs. Nothing, nothing great. Just, you know, a lot of people calling each other gay, which I guess in the 90s was, like we said, I mean, just sick burn in the 90s, I guess. Nowadays, okay. Now, nowadays, if you see that sign, it's just like, all right, dude, whatever. So the first match that we had was the Headbangers and Takamichi Noku versus Kai and Tai. Does anyone have anything from this match other than the fact that it was a match? Because this was just... I have. The I liked this one better than the one from last one. They had the, the, the Michinoku and JBL match, but it wasn't JBL yet. I liked this one significantly better. I thought the headbangers were more enjoyable than JBL just throwing Kai and Tai around. Yeah, and Taka like, made it seem like he wanted to be with them just by wearing a skirt to the ring. He also high fived them a good amount. Yeah, he was just trying to fit in with the team. Real men wear skirts. Yeah, and pink. But I mean, nothing, nothing super crazy about this match. Uh, the the good guys end up winning this match. That's uh, the Headbangers and Michinoku. Uh, and I got I got a beer and a half. 
You are a quarter of a beer <laughs> higher than me. Sorry, my wires got Chad, crossed. Chad's about to tell me he got 1.75 because he's laughing. Yeah. He's yeah. Son of, you're a motherfucker. You know that? It's your rules. I'm just counting. <sighs> that's that's fair. I can't be mad. It's your rules. I'm playing your game here, friend. That's the that's the beauty of the game is, you know, everyone can get something a little bit different, I guess. And uh, we always round up. That's the other beauty of it. Um, before we get to the next match, uh, we had Sable coming out. Sable's back. That lasted long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so much for being gone from the World Wrestling Federation forever. Uh, Mark Miro, not that good at keeping people out of WWF. Vince McMahon apparently brought her back in. At, at least that's what JR or Jerry Lawler said. Uh, and then for this segment, Jer- uh, JR had a quote that I thought was hilarious. He said, I know a lot of buddies in Oklahoma that would marry her dog just to be part of her family. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing I got out of this was Pat Patterson patting Sable's ass as she left the ring. And then she, she slapped him, deservedly so. But uh, Pat Patterson was very gay. Oh, man. Maybe was that's that a why- sign you saw. I think this. I think that's a factual thing. Yeah, it, yeah, I, I know. Pretty sure that's a factual thing. Maybe that's why he was the one that slapped her on the ass. Yeah. Well, just goes to show, uh, in the late '90s, that that apparently he, he was still closeted to the public because he, even though there are a bunch of people outing people via sign. It still wasn't uh, still wasn't that accepted, I guess. We should keep a tally of who's of according to the crowd who is who is uh, who's gay. Because, I mean, I feel well, like that's an X-Pac of the two from last time. As I was say, I feel like by the end of the Attitude Era, we're going to get the entirety of the roster, maybe except for Austin and Rock. Um, Can't wait for the day where we get Kane is gay on the sign. I'll enjoy that one. Oh, probably also Undertaker. They're probably not going to say Undertaker is gay. Everyone else, though, fair game. Yeah. Uh, Vince Vince also, like, in his promo, like, just to the people of Pittsburgh, was like, you were, just called the people of Pittsburgh a dis- disappointment to their mothers and fathers, which just I thought was actually a sick burn by him. Just he, – he was just – he's one of the greatest heels of all time. Yeah, you think of like how they won the Attitude Era versus WCW, and like Vince McMahon playing himself is like one of the biggest factors in why they won the Monday Night War. Like he himself was the greatest character he probably ever admitted. Yeah, that and the big match from this night here. I'm pretty sure when I watched, because I remember watching like the the Monday Night Wars thing back in the day on the on the network where. At least WWE references the Hell in a Cell match from this night as like a big turning point in the ratings. Like after this night, they started just killing them in the ratings. Or close after this night, it, it just started becoming just a bloodbath as far as the ratings went. And then soon after that, they destroyed them. And then we had our first semifinal match in the King of the Ring tournament. It was Ken Shamrock versus Jeff Jarrett. And I have one question. Uh, what the fuck is Jeff Jarrett's ring attire? 
<laughs> those weird straps that like go up and down as far as like the, the upper half of his body. I, I thought awful. you were. I th- I thought you were gonna ask what Jeff Jarrett's middle name was, and I was gonna say Nero, Jeffrey <laughs> J. But then he would be Triple J, so never mind. Um, but no, he, like he wears like suspenders, but like with extra straps. It's super fucking weird looking. I don't know. It was just, I don't know. I guess just the '90s, like late '90s shit. That's just what was in. I guess I don't know, but probably not. I don't think there was ever a time where that was in. It was for Jeff Jarrett, at least. Well, Jeff Jarrett wasn't very in, so. That's true. Um, yeah, like like I said earlier, like these first five matches were like nothing incredible at all. Um, I mean, this match had Tennessee Lee getting involved a few times. I think like twice. Wow, I thought. I mean, I thought it was going to be an hour, but here we go. Yeah, I, th- I thought so too. First Just yawn. First big yawn of the show. Yeah, and there goes, minutes in. There, there goes one of our three listeners. <laughs> yeah i think he got yeah i think he interfered like twice yeah it was it was something like that um, and even with that it still was not a very high ranking match no not at all i think this is like the second lowest on the card but yeah there was a point then like soon after like one of the interferences by tennessee lee shamrock is on the ground and then takes down jeff jarrett and puts him in an ankle lock, and Jared just taps like right away, like the big old bitch that he is. And I got one point two five beers. One I got one point two five as well. Nice, hey, nice. We did it! <laughs> wow, holy shit! Finally. So then the third match was the other semifinal match was The Rock versus Dan Severn. Uh, who the fuck is Dan Severn? Dan Severn is a uh, original UFC superstar. He was at when he was at his peak in UFC. He was bigger than Ken Shamrock was. So like Dan Severn came over after Ken Shamrock did, hoping to gain the same amount of fandom as Ken Shamrock. And that yeah, clearly that never happened. Well, he had no ring moves. He had literally just like wrestle guy to ground, sit on him, and like hold him down. There was nothing he did that whole match that got a drink. It was a terrible match. There was like a part where he took the rock to the ground and it looked like he was trying to do something with his knee, but the rock was near the ropes and it looked like he kind of contorted the rock's knee like really awkwardly. And I was like, ooh, that looked kind of painful. And then the the camera like went really close to the rock's face. And uh like right before it got to like close to his face, the rock, you could hear the rock like screaming. Or like yelling in pain, and then it got really close to his face, and he's like, "God damn it!" And it just seemed like Dan Severn just like actually almost like really hurt the Rock there, which probably because he did, probably did, could have been really bad for WWF and the Attitude Era if uh, he ended the Rock. I also just wanted to point out the fact that Dan Severn, like when he walked out to the ring, he was just wearing an already sweaty gray shirt like he like he was just working out just a ton right before he walked out to the ring like maybe he was hanging out with the godwins i doubt it or luke or an early luke harper got his style from dan severin yeah it was just i don't know it was just gross looking 
like half of his shirt was like half of his shirt was dark gray and half of his shirt was light gray. It was super weird. Um, he did have a fucking dope looking mustache though. I, I, I very much enjoyed his mustache. That was a good, good mustache. Yeah. Can relate. No, you can't. (laughs) So getting to the end of the match, uh, I guess before I talk about the end of the match, I have to talk about what happened before the match started. The ref like kicked out Kama Mustafa and Mark Henry and like didn't let them uh, be at ringside for the match, the rest of the nation. And they also played off that like D'Lo Brown, I guess they were trying to play up the fact that he did or almost had a torn pectoral muscle uh, from the hands of Dan Severn in the weeks before this. Uh, And then late in the match, Mustafa and Mark Henry come back out and distract the ref. And then D'Lo Brown comes out. He's wearing like a chest protector piece or whatever and does a frog splash on Dan Severn and then flees out, goes out through the crowd. And then The Rock just rolls over and pins Severn, one, two, three. And that was it. And that all happened in about, I don't know, six or seven minutes. Yeah. Definitely the shortest match on the card. This was this was the lowest rated match on the card. I got three quarters of a beer. Yeah, Same. I got I got three quarters. It was it was it was pretty bad. Nice. Look at us. We're doing such a good job. That's two in a row. Three. And then we got what I thought was one of the more entertaining matches of the night. It wasn't good by any means, but god damn it, the fucking the gimmick of Al Snow and Head finally becoming a thing. Uh, has, I mean, the more we see of this is just going to become one of my favorite things. So we had <laughs> Too Much, which was Scott Taylor and Brian Christopher, soon to be known as Too Cool, Scotty Too Hotty, and Grandmaster Sex A. Uh, he, they took on Al Snow, the, the tag team of Al Snow and Head. And Jerry Lawler gets assigned as the special guest referee during this match. And then... I mean, pretty much the entire match was just a handicap match between Al Snow and the other two guys. Well, obviously, uh, his partner was a mannequin head. So, yeah, it was a handicap match. <laughs> Thanks. So the one thing I had a question about, and I counted all these, but there was a point where Al Snow tagged in head, and then he stayed in the ring and basically just used head as a weapon. Yeah, I, I counted that as well. I counted all those as weapons. I counted it as well. Okay, sweet. I just wanted to make sure. I mean, the more drink, the the more the merrier as far as drinking goes. So, the, yeah. So there was that point where Al Snow tagged in head, used him as a weapon, used it. I don't know why I said him. Used it as a weapon a bunch. And now assigned the head a gender. <laughs> yeah. It's twenty twenty one. You can't assign anything a gender. Into, I know. To them. Imagine imagine that being the part where we get, where where I get canceled is like I assign a gender to a mannequin head. I just thought it was just so funny, like the entire, like the way that Al Snow talks to the head, like it's talking back to him. Just, it's just so fucking funny. So then Al Snow starts to beat up Scott Taylor and Brian Christopher grabs head, who is the legal competitor in this match. And Jerry Lawler like ducks outside the ring and grabs a bottle of head and shoulders and attaches it to the bottom of head. And they put it down on the mat and Brian Christopher, who is the legal man, I guess, for his team, 
Probably not, though. But Jerry Lawler was just a piece of shit during this match. And because the head now has shoulders, because they attached a bottle of head and shoulders to it, uh, Brian Christopher pins it one, two, three, and the match is over, which I thought was fucking hilarious. Remember that part last week uh, where I talked about I couldn't believe some of this stuff was what won them the Attitude Era and the Monday Night War? They, on a pay-per-view, the week after I did that, we watched pay-per-view where they attached a bottle of shampoo to a mannequin head, pinned it, and that was the final of match that was pre-scheduled on a pay-per-view. Right, but yep. but Al Snow and Head were super over. Yeah, but what in the hell was WCW doing that was so bad that this one, you know? Ig- ignoring the cruiserweight division? Yeah, well, that's they, were, they were ignoring Jericho, Guerrero, and Mysterio, basically. Dean so, Malenko. Dean Malenko, yeah. So I got a quote, kinda. I didn't, it's it's a paraphrase. JR says something to the effect of King must have must have gone to the Vince McMahon Reffing Academy because he was doing a real bad job reffing. And I didn't know there was a Vince McMahon Reffing Academy, but I guess that explains AEW refs. Um, also, I missed a quote from the last match that said Severin likes to go for the joints. And then I think it was JR that said to King. It's a lot different than the joints you normally go for. And I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, another drug reference. Yeah, I, the, the Vince McMahon ref, Referee Academy, though, like, not a real thing. Uh, but it, it was more just with the slow count that Lawler did for Al Snow. Just the slow like- count for Al Snow and then the, the real fast count for uh, Brian Christopher. Yeah. I found the match that Aubrey Edwards has been referencing every time she goes out there as a referee. This is the match, the only match she watched before she became a referee. This is the one. She's like, that's how you're supposed to do it. Got it. Quite possibly that one. Yeah, that or the one where where Vince was the ref. I think it was the last pay-per-view that we watched. Yeah. I don't know. It could have also been the match that Odyssey Jones was in this week, but we'll talk about <laughs> that later. Whoa, dude, spoilers. Yeah. I'm not there. <laughs> I'm not super happy about that. That was storyline building. You'll get over it. So that match, I'm always scared now when I do these. Um, <laughs> that match gets a beer and a half. I had a beer and a quarter. So this time you pull 20.25 over me. Let's go. Yeah, I had a beer and a quarter. But nice. I don't know where I got the extra quarter from. Might have you might have seen an extra two count or an extra weapon use or something like that. I don't know. There's really maybe I'm so distracted watching head get pinned with head and shoulders that I just missed something. (laughs) It was very distracting. Yeah. The next match is uh, X X Pac versus Owen Hart, and this is where I guess it started to pick up. Yeah. It wasn't. I have really high expectations for this match when it first came out. When they both got there, I was like, oh man, this is where it's going to start getting good. Meh. You know, it was real meh. Yeah. And a quote from JR he said that the the last match was uglier than a bowling shoe, which I thought was funny. Old JR making bowling shoe references. Yeah. Uh, I guess that was the last reference to 
the last match. The one thing, the one question I had going into this match, because the, obviously it was Owen Hart versus X-Pac. X-Pac comes to the ring with China. Uh, is this pre or post one night in China? This is pre, I'm pretty sure. I don't think China did did any of that stuff until after she pretty close to the, her, her death, I think. I don't know. After she wasn't with WWE anymore. Oh, yeah, that was significantly later. That movie came out in 2004. I assume you're I looking... Just Googled, I, okay, I just Googled okay. it. I didn't yeah. know that offhand. <laughs> I don't know the exact dates of pornography films with China. I just I Googled it because I was like, I'm pretty sure that was significantly after this. And it, it was. It was like six years after this. Okay. Well, yeah. dumb question on my part, but... If Chad's it, looking at his phone for the rest of this podcast, I understand. <laughs> He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna have himself on mute or forget or forget to put himself on mute and we're just gonna be hearing some manly sounding moans. Yeah, some uh some wrestling. Yeah. And those are the X Pac moans. <laughs> <laughs> so this yeah, I mean Joe, this was a decent match, I thought. Like I thought I thought this was like your your last not so good match. Um there was a there was a couple spots where like there, there there was a good couple spots with like the good uh with some good wrestling and then like a couple spots like Owen Hart sent X Pac through like a whole mess of shit. Yeah, there there was of the ring, like there was a time when it when it went outside of the ring and then you're right, he sends X Pac through uh, pretty much the barricade. I think you said I think you had a Jerry threw over he threw him over like the, the time ringers thing and he like took all the table with him when he went into the barricade it was actually kind of gross yeah yeah and, and, and then i looked like it felt good there was a uh jerry lawler quote where he said something to the effect of i wish he had hit uh finkel and then after like almost immediately after that he br- he brings x-pac over to the spanish announcing table slams him on the spanish announcing table thank god it didn't break there because what else would have broken the fall of of mankind later tonight. <laughs> did you hear what they said? As Spoilers. Soon as he, did you hear what he what they said as soon as he slammed him on the Spanish announce table though? No. Because JR JR was like, does that thing have a bullseye on it? Like kind of like alluding to like the fact that the Spanish announce table is the thing that always gets broken. <laughs> which is which is why it's a drink or which is why it's a finish your beer in the in the drinking game. Well, we kind of went to the fact that nice. any announcing table breaking would be would be a drink or be a finisher beer. No, not but, the English one. Yeah, any foreign announcing table. Well, yeah, because they, they didn't used to have the German announce table ringside until like late 2010s. Yeah, and then that that's how that became a a prop bet in our pre-COVID drinking game. Yeah, but now. Now they're not even around anymore. R.I.P. Shame. In peace. Um, Owen Hart gets busted open during this match. Uh, and then, like, shortly after that, Mark Henry comes out. Because, obviously, Owen Hart's still part of the nation. Mark Henry comes out. And uh, he, <laughs> him and China go face-to-face, which was a funny moment. And then, like, out of nowhere, Vader comes out and uh, hits Mark Henry in the back. Yeah, piece of the shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a fat, fat piece of shit. 
<laughs> and then while Vader, while Vader comes out and is like beating down Mark Henry, the ref is like looking at what's going on outside of the ring and inside of the ring, Owen Hart puts X-Pac in a sharpshooter and X-Pac is tapping out. And then China, China comes in, interferes and puts a DDT on Owen Hart. And he's laying there for like a solid two or three minutes before X-Pac even covers. And then that ends up being the thing that puts him down for a three count. So you, you only had Owen getting busted open at the eye? I didn't. Yeah. Did X-Pac get busted open? I think they were both bleeding from the eye. Weren't they? I did not see any blood on X-Pac. Chad? I didn't see. I only got the blood for Owen on that one. Okay. Maybe I was wrong. There's a I chance. Mean, how, how many I mean, beers did a, you get? I was going to say there's a chance that you just have a higher beer rating. Um, I got one 1.75 beers. See, I have two beers, and I, I think I have two beers because I said Xbox bled. I think because I, I, I even wrote down underneath blood on both their eyes. Yeah, I got 1.75. So if I, we both missed it, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think as like I didn't see it until Xbox was was walking out. And it was like, it wasn't as bad as Owen's, but he, it looked like he was bleeding right under his eye. Interesting. Well, we're going to count it and we're going to count it as a two beer match. And if we ever go back and watch this pay-per-view, which we probably won't because we have so many other pay-per-views to bleed. There's a 0% chance I ever go back and watch this match. There's probably a hundred percent chance I go back and watch at least one match on this pay-per-view at least, I don't know, 10 more times in my life because it's awesome. Yeah, there's there's a definite chance that we'll watch the 1998 King of the Ring match again. I might continue playing it to watch the uh, the fun, the main event, the I guess the other main event. But now nah, I'm good. Well, the tonight was my second time watching that, and I'm good after this. I think I watched that match, like before this. Yeah. Oh, okay. Our, <laughs> like the like the first blood match that is. Yeah, I'm confident I have seen the Hell in a Cell match before and the first blood match before, but I have never watched this pay per view from start to finish. So yeah. clearly, I had watched those matches on some other form of media, whether it was like one of the collection DVDs or like the the WWE Network like packages or something like that. But yeah, I had I've seen the first blood match, at least the end of it before. Yeah, I've yeah. seen I've seen both of those before. And I've seen the Hell in a Cell match probably like four or five times before this. Yeah, I've watched it a pretty good amount of times. I've I've definitely gone back and watched it on like when you see on social media, it's like this is the anniversary of the 1998 King of the Ring Hell in a Cell match. And I've been like, all right, I'll go watch that for for the anniversary, you know, as a little anniversary gift to myself. Yeah. Treat yourself. <laughs> all right. Next match was for the WWF Tag Team Championships. New Age Outlaws versus the new Midnight Express. And I didn't even realize until they mentioned it, but, you know, Bart and Billy Gunn in the same match didn't even realize that, like, as they were making their entrances. But they they did mention it, like, in the first few minutes. Obviously, they're brothers. Um, they mentioned which, it a lot of times throughout the match. Yeah. Yeah. What It made it really weird, though, when Billy Gunn decided to stand over Bart Gunn and proceed to tell him to suck it three times because their brother <laughs> well yeah and that that's what ended up like kind of ending the match or that that was right at the end of the match and i think it was uh 
road dog got pissed off about that. So he comes into the ring and then he, you know, Billy pins Barton road dog does the one, two, three suck it thing with his, with his hands. Oh uh, yes. Yeah, that, that is how you do it yep, with your hands. Yes. You do it takes have. your hands to do that move. Yeah. You have to suck it with your hands. All right. Obviously <laughs> I'm not needed right now. So that's why they call it a hand job actually. <laughs> and not a Z job. <laughs> hey let's not let's not talk about z jobs unless at least not until we're getting paid to do this podcast all right fair uh i had a quote from this match from jr where he made fun of jim Cornette. he said jim Cornette's dream is to die in his own arms which i thought was really <laughs> funny still applicable to this day yeah that's good yeah that was that was really funny um but yeah the new age outlaws got get the win and they retain, and I got two beers for this match. 2.25. You're son of a bitch, you know that? I got two. All right. It's, it's, about, it's guaranteed that one of the three of us will have a different number than the rest of us. Yeah, I think by now. I think I've added a half a beer to my previous total. Uh, then we had the King of the Ring finals match, Ken Shamrock versus The Rock. Triple H came out to provide some just an absolute quote fest from himself uh, on special guest commentary. Uh, and then China also joined the Spanish announced team for a little bit. And they cut, they cut the sound over <laughs> to the Spanish announced team. And they're listening like the three of them, JR Lawler and triple H are like listening. They're watching what's happening in the ring and listening to what the Spanish announced team is saying. And China's China's talking back to them in Spanish. And JR is like, what did they say? And Triple H is like, I don't know, something about Taco Bell. <laughs> to which JR asks him if he's bilingual. And then Triple H responds, there's a lot of bi things I am, but lingual is not one of them. Yeah. And, and then, then he, like he, 10 he, seconds later, he like took it back. He's like, oh, what did I just say about myself? Yeah, he's like, did I, <laughs> was I supposed to say that? Should I have said that? And they were like, well, it's out there now. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. Those, I mean, those, there was a couple other quotes before that that I didn't write down, but I do remember like laughing at them and I just forgot to write them down. I was hoping there that was that, guys... there was that thing where they were talking about Ken Shamrock's ankle being hurt. And then, uh, Triple H said something to the effect of, uh, the rock's got to be careful or he'll get that hurt ankle between his gluteal cheeks, gluteal cheeks, <laughs> <laughs> his butt, Dylan. Oh, his butt. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, and then there was the the point. This I think this was after the the Spanish announce table thing. But Triple H's mic cuts out, and then he's he's his mic comes back on. He's like, "Is it working now?" Testies one two three. Yeah. <laughs> testies, <laughs> testies one two three. Testies. They. He was just like so over the top when he was with DX. Is so funny. The only other thing I had from Triple H was. That he says his middle name is sportsmanship, uh, which yeah, pretty was sure confusing to me. I thought it was Hurst. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Hurst. Well, it- I know for a fact it's Hurst. It's Hunter Hurst Helmsley for a reason. We don't call him Triple H for nothing. Yeah, but is that hyphenated? Is his middle name? Kayfabe's gone wrong on me. Is is his middle name is his name actually Hunter Sportsmanship Hurst Helmsley? Ooh, or is it Hunter Hurst Sportsmanship Helmsley? Ooh, I'm thinking I'm thinking hyphenated because Hurst I know is a last name 
and Helmsley is probably a last name. So H S H H S double H. I'm never calling him that. Hush. Fuck off. Hush. 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 I don't know. <laughs> toward the toward the end of this match, though, there was like a ridiculous amount of two counts all within like the last like five minutes of the match. It was absurd. Um, but then Ken Shamrock every up, move was a two count. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And, and they was, were mostly in the Rock's favor. It was mostly Rock uh, trying to pin Ken Shamrock, which is when I guess I figured out that this was the king of the ring that that Shamrock won. Yeah. Yeah, he did. So then, yeah, there was a, bag on that one. yeah, there was a point where the two counts ended and Shamrock ends up getting the ankle lock in and the rock taps out and Ken Shamrock is the winner of the 1998 King of the Ring. Is that Ken, Ken Shamrock's or Ken Shamrock's finisher? The ankle lock? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's I mean, he ended the match twice with an ankle lock on this night yeah you're right what made I, you think it wasn't his finisher well i i just i guess i just haven't watched enough ken shamrock matches playing the drinking game where i've actually placed in my mind that that was his finisher so i might not have counted that for the first match but i definitely counted it for for this match as his finisher well that's good it's okay he's only been at like every pay-per-view we've watched since we started this whole thing <laughs> i know but you know it's okay <laughs> And I've probably non or unconsciously counted that as his finisher, but you were unconscious. Are you okay? Subconsciously, subconsciously. Oh, that's the word you were looking for. Okay, now I understand. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, sometimes the words I'm looking for come out as other words. I think a lot of, I think all three fans have realized that by now. It's probably because you're unconscious. <laughs> I wish I was unconscious. <laughs> He's oh, got mouth dyslexia. <laughs> um, yeah, Shamrock wins. I got 1.75 for this. Uh, <laughs> I got just over two. Like, I took a couple tallies past two. So, yeah. What? Joe? I got two and a quarter. What the fuck? That's crazy. I got 1.75. Uh, I guess two and a quarter it is. <laughs> Okay, well, I got 25 tallies, so it's probably closer to two. I would count it as two. two. 25 yeah, is yeah. 25 it's is two. probably closer to one and three quarters. No, it's... No. Wait, yeah. 14 times two. Is yeah. this why you're fucked up all the time? Do you not yeah. know how to math? No. No, I don't think so. 14 times two is 28. Yeah, that's one point. I usually go by 12 at a time, so there's that. So that's probably why I'm all fucked up all the oh time. Oh, my God. We're going to have to go revisit all of this. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. God damn it. Just remember well, when I the times I've played, 12 is closer to my number than I would say 14 is. So I would I would still count 12. Nah, it's 14. Even though I tallied this time, I would I would still say 12. No, nah, we did a lot of research back in the day. So much research so to much figure research. out how, how many sips were in a beer. We drank so many beers. And we, and, and, it was and that's a, understanding the fact that some some sips are big boy sips and some as as you get further in they're no longer big boy sips yeah on average it's about 14 sips of beer there was so much research so much research which is why when we're forced to do the tally method we we go by 14 this changes everything it doesn't change anything 
This changes at least this match back to 1.75. Yeah, I'm sticking with 1.75. You literally just said it how many tallies it was. Yeah. That's well, 1.75 okay. in your method then. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, well, that's probably going to change the next two matches too, at least for Chad. <clears throat> so then we had the match of the night Undertaker, Mankind, Hell in a Cell. Probably the most iconic, definitely the most iconic Hell in a Cell match of all time. Uh, I, I'm not sure how this was not the main event. Like, they had to have known what these two guys were going to do. Like, I'm pretty sure the cage wasn't supposed to break when Mankind got chokeslammed through the cage. I'm pretty sure that's out there in the news. But they knew he was going to get thrown off the cell through the announce table. Like, you had to you had to know that was coming and know that this was going to like, this should have been the main event of the night. Yeah, absolutely. I, but, I just, I just don't know how they did. But stone stone cold was the most over star in the, in the business at the time. So. Yeah. Yeah. The, the result of that main event kind of does give them some base behind why they went the way they did with the decision-making process there. But. Yeah, but like Still. you could have, you could have had at least the crowd going home happy if you switched the two. I guess spoiler for the next match, but so for for anyone that hasn't watched the match, right? So mankind when he comes out doesn't even go inside the cell. He climbs on top. Uh, well, first he throws a chair that he brought out with him up there to the top. Climbs to the top. Undertaker does his entrance. He also climbs to the top. They get to the top and fight for about, I don't know, 15 or 20 seconds. And then immediately is when Mankind gets thrown off the cell, goes through the Spanish announce table, and we get the most uh, iconic JR quote of all time. My God, they killed him. As God is my witness, he is broken in half. Raven agrees. Yeah, I've had my mic off for a while because Raven's been, uh, been barking. And now I'm talking into the mic, and she's doing that stupid little pit bull head tilt. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He's gone again. <laughs> I turn it back on at the important parts. Right. The important parts being when I talk, I guess. <laughs> um, important to you, but not important to us. <laughs> well, it's important to at least one of the three listeners. Every time you turn your mic on, is she just not? Turn your mic on real quick. Holy shit, dude. She's just not stopping. Yeah, she's she's real upset right now. It, it's it's she she's across the room, right? She's across the couch from me right now, and she wants me to come over there instead of her coming over here, which would be a lot easier for her right now. Well, this is going to be really tough to edit out and have make sense. You don't um, have to. You don't have to edit it out. I'll, I'll just. I'll be responsible with my mic turning on and off. Yeah, it's like I'm not doing the same thing with my kids yelling in the background, so it's fine. I didn't hear what was being said there for like the last thirty seconds, but no, everyone was just in a general consensus that you're a bitch. Oh, okay, cool. Um, we talked to Raven. We talked to Joe. Everyone was in a general agreement. You was a big bitch. Cool. We even got Leslie in on it and Honey. That's not possible because I was talking to her. 
My wife came in and I even asked her, I was like, is Dylan a big bitch? And she was like, yeah, big bitch, big old bitch. Like an entire bitch. Big fat bitch is biggest bitch in the whole world. Fat. Ooh, speaking, speaking of, I didn't mention it before, but the there I saw at least two South Park signs and JR made a South Park reference in this. Yeah, South Park was all the rage. South, dude. South Park in 1998, huge. It was huge. <laughs> huge. Um, back to the match though. Uh, they they put mankind on a stretcher and try to wheel him out, and he gets up and does the opposite of what you guys think I am, and is not a huge bitch. And gets back up on top of the fucking cell. And then they punch each other for maybe 10 seconds. And immediately Undertaker just chokeslams him on top of the cage. He goes through the cage into the ring. And then that's when Jerry Lawler pronounces him dead. I will say it was gross. The angle which he hit the back of his neck and like his top of his back on the ring and then the reaction from people just like standing a ringside to like run in there and check on him immediately tells you that he was not supposed to fall like that. No, not even a little bit. Um, I'll, I'll run over some, uh, some of mankind's injuries from this match. And by some, I mean, all of them, I had to look these up. Uh, so concussion, pretty obvious, uh, dislocated jaw and shoulder, internal bleeding, puncture wounds, and several teeth knocked out which one of them was in his nose through, during this match. I love how there was an argument between JR and Jim, uh, Jim Ross or Jim Ross and Jerry as to where, what that white thing in his nose was. They were like, is that a bone? Is that a tooth? Is that a booger? Like they were having this long conversation about what was sticking out of his nose. Like clearly it was a tooth. It looked exactly like a tooth. Yeah. And it was disgusting. Just this entire match. Uh, and somehow mankind gets up from being choke slammed through the top of the cell. And then they duke it out inside the cell for, I don't know, like another five to eight minutes. And then the ta- the thumbtacks come out, which is just like, what the fuck? Like just, just when you thought this match couldn't have any more, they bring out the thumbtacks. And obviously if this is mankind's night. Undertaker's not going anywhere near those thumbtacks mankind hits the thumbtacks three times and then takes a tombstone and the match is over it was just it just an all-time domination from the undertaker in this match yeah it was incredible <laughs> like the the amount of shit that that mankind went through literally and figuratively in this match wow yeah and, the, and also, both guys get busted open during this match. Um, mankind, mankind in more areas than Undertaker, who probably just bladed himself. Uh, but this match got a lot less beers than I thought it would. Like last week, I was like hopeful that it would be on the top 10. Uh, in order to be in the top 10 right now, you have to get at least four and a half beers. This did not get that. I got three and a half beers for this. Yeah, I'll say my number system's all fucked up, but I got the exact same number, so fuck off. Well, I don't know how that's <laughs> possible then. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Yeah, three and a half is fair. I was I was in between three and a quarter and three and a half. Yeah, I was expecting this to be on the realm of like five to six beers. I don't know why. I've seen this match plenty of times before. I don't know. Maybe it was just because I knew the finisher beer was coming, which happened during the first beer. So all you had to do was finish your first beer. And then I just thought there was more brawling after like more time in the cell after Mankind got chokeslammed through the top of the cell, but there was just not that much time. So it just really didn't get the opportunity to get that many beers, even though they, they used as much time as like they used all the time that they were awarded to get as many drinks as possible. It was just, just didn't happen. Uh, Did you count the, uh, the, every time you went into the, the, the pins, the thumbtacks as a weapon use? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of question is that? Well, it was a choke slam into a weapon. So I was just making sure. Yeah, actually that counted as two drinks because it's a choke yeah. slam and yeah. into the thumbtacks. Yeah. Okay. We're on the same page. I'm I'm glad we are, because that's Joe, that's real obvious. No, I was just want yeah, we're cool. We're cool. All right, cool. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> All right, main event, Stone Cold versus Kane in a first blood match for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. And pretty much as soon as the match starts, it was, it was I guess it was like shortly after the match started, within five minutes of it starting, they start to lower the cage right back down. And this almost kind of becomes a Hell in a Cell match. <laughs> only note i wrote down while i was watching this was like what the fuck is going on with the cage is this supposed to happen yeah i don't have any specific notes from this match because i i started setting up the zoom while this match was going on but i was still watching it when i was on the zoom with dylan and we were waiting on you chad and i was like wait what the fuck is the cage going on down right now and i had my volume off and uh and in fact the cage was going down yeah, the cage the cage did in fact go down, and then the cage did in fact go right back up. But the, the, when it went back up, Kane was like straddling the fucking he was like, the, yeah, the door. Not so much, I guess. Yeah, I guess like straddling it, but not in your normal straddling way. Like he was like bent over it, sort of uh, over the doorway portion, and he got like eight feet off the ground before he flipped over and landed back. Tried to land back on his feet, but then fell down. Yeah, it didn't uh, it didn't look fun? No, not at all. In uh, in the general sense, no. And then Stone Cold, like I don't know, five minutes into the match, starts bleeding on his back, which I thought they did a pretty good job of like playing it off because they were like, the referee Earl Hebner earlier in the day said he's not going to call this match for a, a scrape or a bloody nose, and that's kind of what the blood the blood on the back of Stone Cold was. It kind of looked like a scrape, and it, was de- it wasn't even there toward the end of the match even. So I guess good on them to play that off like they did. That Stone been Cold. A, that would have been a really shitty way to end the match. Yeah, Stone Cold went into this match as a, at a huge disadvantage considering Kane is head-to-toe in a leather suit. Yeah, if I was to have picked this match in 1998, I would have picked Kane, obviously, because you can't see any of his skin except for like a little bit around his eyes and his chin. So like, 
hard to get a guy bleed and win a first blood match when you can't see any of his fucking skin. Exactly. Yeah. It was it was the perfect stipulation for Kane. Yeah, it might have been one of those uh might have been one of those like hard matches to predict because you don't think that that Stone Cold's going to lose because of how over he is. The crowd time. did not think he was going to lose. The crowd yeah. was adamant that he was not going to lose. Well, yeah. I mean, we've already covered how stupid that those people were. So, I mean, but they knew about Isaac. That's true. There was there was those... there was a couple smart fans in the crowd that knew that this guy used that Kane used to be a dentist before he gave it up for for mayorship. Yeah. I think there was a stop in between being a dentist and being a mayor where he was like some kind of like demon monster thing, but we can forget about that part. Yeah, That's just like a small part of his career. Just, just a small portion of his career. Um, yeah, and then of course he he was uh he was a big boss man in WWE for a while as well after his skin healed. What? He was, what? Yeah, he was <laughs> he was corporate for a while. You know, corporate for WWE. Yeah, but you called him big boss man. Yeah, we all thought you meant actual wrestler Big Boss Man, and I was about to be like, no, he was not ever Big Boss Man. Big Boss Man was Big Boss Man. Like, what I, the I fuck could, are you talking about? I, I could see where that would get confusing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah? I'm going to call this wrestler by another wrestler's name and not mean that name. I'm going to mean it in a completely different way. When I said it, I wasn't thinking of the actual wrestler Big Boss Man. And I apologize to the big boss man himself. He's dead. <laughs> don't worry. He's, he's dead. Not, you don't, don't have to apologize. Don't, yeah, I was say, don't worry. He's definitely not listening. <laughs> he's not one of our three. Yeah, it's quite impossible. I guess he could technically be listening from the heavens. or. And if you are wherever, big wherever. boss man listening from the heavens, we appreciate you. You can follow us on Twitter. <laughs> Heaven Twitter. Ooh, do you think that's a thing? No. It could be. You'd have to believe in heaven first. I guess that's, that's a, true. That's a fair point. I guess that's true. Um, all right. Let's get back to this match. So things get pretty crazy down near the end. They, they basically use the like every inch of environment during this match, which calls for a ton of drinks. And then Earl Hebner gets knocked out at some point during the match. And then Mick Foley comes back out or Mankind comes back out somehow is walking. And he honestly forget what the fuck he did because I'm pretty sure somebody like he came out. He He comes out and goes immediately after Stone Cold. Yeah, he goes after Austin, but like doesn't hit him with a chair because the part where Austin gets hit with a chair is after that when Undertaker comes down to the ring to help out Stone Cold slash pretty much just continue to be like, fuck you, mankind, and just continue to try to kill him. Uh, he goes to hit mankind with a chair while Austin is also holding a chair, and, and mankind's like in the middle of them. Mankind just collapses, and Undertaker hits Stone Cold's chair, which hits Austin's face, and then Austin starts to bleed. Then the Undertaker begins to pour gasoline on Earl Hebner. <laughs> That's when you came in, Chad, and I was like, uh, yeah, Undertaker's pouring gasoline that looks like suspiciously yellow. <laughs> it just looked like lemon lime Gatorade. There's yes. no way. Like he had just won the Super Bowl or something. 
<laughs> yeah, nothing like gasoline at all. I agree. It, it was very odd. But they they kind of play that off, too, and make it seem like the gasoline is the thing that, like, wakes Earl Hebner up. And Austin continues to try and fight Kane and make him bleed. And then Earl Hebner finally comes to and sees that Austin is just a bloody mess and calls for the bell. And Kane is the new WWF champion and begins his one-day reign as WWF champion. Oh, dude, spoilers. But if we don't remember what happens there, who becomes the champ next? What happens? How, how, how is that such a short reign? Austin wins it back the next night. On Raw? Yeah. Yeah, that's the ratings push right there. You build up Kane, you have him win a first blood match, just get some people on the pay-per-view because people think it's possible, and then you give it the title back to Stone Cold on Monday Night Raw. It's the ratings thing. Yeah, this is this is Kane's only title win until 2010 when he cashed in Money in the Bank. On Rey Mysterio. Yeah, the night and, he won Money in the Bank. And even then, like he won the World Heavyweight Championship, which was just at that point being... It was 100% the, the number two title. So I do want to mention, did you see Stone Cold's gigantic staff infection elbow pad that they installed and like taped around his arm? Because they mentioned like he had been battling staph infection in his elbow for like a week prior to this whole thing. Well, well they it, said it was, it was dehydration. It was, dehydration causes a giant staph infection. I don't know, but they said he they kept on saying that he was in the hospital for three days of the past week for a dehydration. I'm pretty sure they said that he was hydrating. Yeah, they had to rehydrate him following staph infection, which is why he had the giant arm. His entire left arm was covered in tape and he had this like thick ass elbow pad underneath it all. I think they were worried he was going to bleed. His ass elbow had blood. I think they were worried he was going to bleed out of the elbow because he had an infection there. And like they had obviously like done something to like cut it up or something. Cause they like, there was so much tape you couldn't see. It was like over an inch thick on his elbow. And yeah, that no, was ridiculous. yeah. I saw it. It reminded me of John Moxley after he got MRSA when he was wrestling in new Japan. Yeah. That one was also ridiculous. But... That was, yeah, that was gross. It was definitely a staph infection. I don't know how Joe can think that dehydration makes you need. I understand that it was a staph infection. I'm just saying what they said in, in the fucking pay-per-view. All right, dude. All I heard was that you think that getting dehydrated, the cure for dehydration is wrapping your right elbow. So and it could every work. time he drinks, he wraps his right elbow up a bunch of times. Like, <laughs> like oh, I had too many beers. Let me wrap my right elbow. Yeah. Next time when I go out to drink, instead of buying Gatorade, uh, the next morning, I'm just going to wrap my arm, my right arm in tape. You should try your fucking head too, bud. Ooh, spicy. Uh, but yeah, Kane, like we said, ends up winning the match, winning his first and only WWF championship uh, and holds it for one day. So by the next pay-per-view, he will not be the champion. And I got three and a half beers for this as well. I got 3.25, so if that's the math for use, then I'm probably behind on something. I will say, though, that I'm also – I never pull up the the like uh, the rules, and I forget a lot of shit. Like, half the time I forget pyro counts or, like, this is awesome chance count. So, like, my numbers are probably pretty close, even though I've been counting two less per beer because I don't remember all of the fucking rules all the time. But I got three and a half as well, so. Yeah, I clearly remember all the rules because it's my game. So. Oh, no. 
Yeah, so uh, King of the Ring, 1998, 18 and a quarter beers, which ranks at tied for fourth. That's super high. Yeah, which just because like the the Hell in a Cell match only got three, like only getting three and a half beers, just like how how is that? How is this pay per view? getting that many beers but it yeah. did there were yeah, so not, many matches there were a lot of matches and like for as bad as they were there were only two low ranking matches or low rated matches yeah only one match got under a beer so that's so. that's a big reason why all right um should we get into some some draft recap and some weekly recap yeah let's hit it figure we just do both of them at the same time uh, we can go over the, the SmackDown draft picks, the, the like the Friday night draft picks. The, I don't want to really go over the ones that got announced on like talking smack or raw talk other than like some, there were some breakups, uh, that were announced on those. So we can talk about those a little bit, but, um, want to mostly focus on like the shit that we got wrong, like terribly wrong. Maybe some things we got incredibly right. People that change brands. And some matchups we're looking forward to. So, so I think we'll address the elephant in the room. Chad was very adamant last week that Hit Row was going to Raw, and that was not the case. Very Hit adamant. Row, yeah, very, very adamant. And in fact, Hit Row did get drafted, but to SmackDown. Can I just point out that? Even on the show, one of the I can't remember which announcer it was, but one of them made an underhanded comment that T uh, that uh Top Dalla and B Fab were like super new and they still got drafted to Raw. I mean to SmackDown. I think it was Pat McAfee who said, like, even though they're brand new and they have very little ring experience, they're coming to SmackDown. And I was like, Oh my god, holy shit. Yeah, that was probably just like a stab at you, honestly. Yeah. One of our three listeners is an executive on SmackDown. So, ooh, nice. Well, like I said the first time, BFAB and Top Dollar are very raw in the ring, but very SmackDown on the show. Oh, that's okay. a good way to put it. All right. So, just going through the SmackDown draft results. So, SmackDown gets Reigns, Charlotte Flair, Drew McIntyre. Uh, the New Day, not to include Big E, Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss. Oh, boy. Hit Row, Naomi, and Jeff Hardy. <laughs> and Raw gets Big E, Bianca Belair, RK-Bro, Edge, Rhea Ripley, and Nikki Ash, Keith Lee, The Mysterios, and Austin Theory. So the big names that change brands. Obviously, going to SmackDown, Charlotte Flair, Drew McIntyre in the New Day, and then coming over to Raw, Bianca Belair, and Edge. Can I just throw, uh, throw the, the, the feather in my own cap? I'm, I'm the one who said Bianca Belair made sense to change, and y'all both told me, no, that don't make no sense. And then first fucking round, Bianca Belair is changing shows. What I will say, we also were all idiots about was we all said Charlotte Flair would not move and Becky Lynch would not move and uh, they did. So yeah, so we for- said we said the the champions wouldn't change. We said possibly Intercontinental and United States champion. 
I made the I made a bold prediction that they might break up the women's tag team champions. Uh, they kept them on Smack or on Raw. But yeah, Charlotte and Becky end up switching. So what's do we think they're just gonna pull a switcheroo like they did with the tag titles last year? No, I honestly don't. I I I don't know what I really expect right now. The only thing I definitely do expect is that Charlotte Flair will lose her championship. Uh, I don't know. I guess Becky will probably lose her championship as well. I don't think that Becky Lynch is going to pull double double duty with a new baby. I would be putting money right now that Sasha, since she's the only one of the triple threat that's staying on SmackDown, wins the triple threat match. Yep. And Becky takes it off Charlotte. And Becky beats Charlotte in the next few weeks. Maybe get Becky back to Becky two belts for like a week. And then Crown Jewel happens and they take the belt, the SmackDown belt, and give it to Sasha and have her run in on SmackDown for a little bit. Yeah. So, well, the other thing, though, that we learned on Friday, which I don't know why they don't just announce these fucking things ahead of time, because it had it had Twitter in an uproar because... So you, you look at the, the results from Monday night and you've got like top names like Becky Lynch, Sasha, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, the Usos, like all these people are getting picked on night two. And there's like, if you're following on Twitter, like Twitter's in a fucking uproar. Like how is Becky not getting picked on night one of the draft? And it's like, why doesn't, why doesn't WWE just put out the rules of the draft before the draft actually fucking starts? So I mean... The- Pat McAfee and Michael Cole said it like 16 times. This is not the full roster. The half of the roster gets picked tonight. Half of it's, I think also Sonya Deville and Adam Pierce said the same thing like twice. Like this is only half the roster being drafted tonight. So I don't know why people are all in a stink about who well, got drafted on night one and two. You have I to think, keep it interesting. You can't have Austin Theory be the number one draft pick on night two. I agree. I, I think they do it properly. I think it's just, I think they should announce it online ahead of time. Either that or just the people that are complaining about it should actually watch the fucking show. Yeah, I, I don't know what the fuck the people online are. I didn't understand the complaints online because they explained it very well on the show. I my my only complaint is that they they should have announced it before the show started, not during the show. Yeah. And then the, the other thing is that the the draft picks don't go into effect until after Crown Jewel, which that I, one was a shocker. I guess, like... It builds perfectly, actually, if you think about it, because right now they have this blend of the two shows, which will help both shows' ratings. It makes me want to watch both shows, because you have to blend right now people who are coming, who are going, and it builds perfectly with the King of the Ring, which was announced to start tonight. I think if you have people that are scheduled to train shows and they're in the middle of that King of the Ring when we're in this middle ground of, like, everyone can be anywhere they want right now, I think it actually works well, I just wish I had known ahead of time that these weren't going to happen like right immediately. It could also blend well into the Survivor Series build, but I guess we'll see what happens there. That is coming up, yeah. Yeah, that that could play into it. I'm not really sure if they're smart enough to do that, but that could be a thing that they play into. So uh, imagine like. Sasha pins Becky for that belt. Becky wins the Raw, and then SummerSlam. I mean, the Survivor Series is Becky versus Sasha again in the rematch. Like these things, I think Joe makes a good point with with title changes that are expected. 
with some of the movement of the the smaller roster, I think you do have an opportunity here to really build like a main event match just over average series. If that's the way that you're building the women, the women's champions facing each other at Survivor Series, that would be great because you've already got a story for Big E versus Roman Reigns. Right? Yep, they've, already, already they've, they've already they've already put that in place. They've got nothing for the mid card titles. Um, you could, depending on who the tag team champions are, you, you could make your you could give yourself an easy story. Uh, I feel like, I mean, I don't know. I all all your good teams are on SmackDown now. I don't think that's all true. The Usos, the New Day, and the Street Pro- Oh no, the Street Profits went to Raw. Street Profits moved to Raw. The Vikings Raiders moved to SmackDown though, so hopefully they get some push. I did get very excited about that, but that's that's Monday Night Raw, obviously. So I guess the only thing you could do is put the Raw tag on the Street Profits, and then you've got the Street Profits versus the Usos again. I don't I don't know. I would love to see that again, even though we've seen it a bunch of times already this year. That that match at yeah. that match at Extreme Rules was insanely good. The, the one thing I would like to I know y'all hate talking about it, but you said that the the women's Tag team champs were probably going to split, and they didn't. But if you think about it and you look at the picks from both nights, and you go into the talking smack picks and the raw talk picks and everything like that, every pre-set-up mix of women's tag uh, teams did get split up. So Tamina and Natalia got split. <laughs> I think uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox got split. Yep. Uh, Shayna and Naya got split. The only tag team they have left are the people with the belts on there. And it makes not a damn bit of sense what they're doing with that whole belt. And it's going to be in like three weeks from now, y'all are going to not want to talk about it all over. It just, it just gives them opportunities to build more makeshift teams. And talk I don't about, want makeshift teams. And talk I about want real teams. How could they possibly coexist? <laughs> how are they ever going to be able to coexist in the ring? They're totally different people. Yeah, now you have Nia Jax and Tamina Snuka on the same brand. Please stop. Please bloodline. Stop. Bloodline. Oh, please stop. Please yeah. stop. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but that um, hit row, though. Hit row. First NXT people moved up. The first NXT pick was hit row of all people. Yeah, you crushed that prediction, other than you said that they were going to Raw. But... <sighs> I was wow. 100% joking, and everyone who listened knows that I was joking. And when they said that, you immediately messaged me, and you're like, you're a fucking genius. And I was like, I did not think that was going to happen at all. I was 100% in the realm of that's not even a possibility that Hit Row got picked. And they got picked above Jeff Hardy, and the Mysterios, and Naomi, let alone all the people on fucking Raw or Smack Talk or whatever the fuck SmackDown post-show is talking Smack. I mean, Apollo like Crews smack was getting better. Ooh, smack <laughs> that, that's good. That's good. Apollo Crews just had a belt. John Morrison was just in a match with The Miz, which was like a big show on Raw. And those people got picked in Smack Talk after fucking <laughs> Hit Row. I mean, two of which members of Hit Row have had like a total combined of four matches. So yeah, I mean, you want the you want the NXT call ups though to be on the show. I feel like you want them to, their names to be mentioned on the show so that when they when they show up like one week, it's not just like whoa, where did these people come from? Because nobody fucking watches Talking Smack or Raw Talk. 
So I will say I will say my uh, my opinion about the NXT calls up till after you brief the the draft results from day two here in a minute. But I was not so happy about these NXT call ups. Yeah. So the draft from Raw, uh, or the yeah the night night two of the draft. So SmackDown gets. The Usos, Sasha Banks, King Nakamura, and our boy Rick Boogs, Sheamus, Shayna Baszler, Zia Lee, Viking Raiders, Ricochet, Umberto Carrillo, and Angel Garza, Cesaro, Ridge Holland, and Sami Zayn, and Raw gets Becky Lynch, Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, Damian Priest, Styles and Omos, Kevin Owens, The Street Profits, Finn Balor, Karrion Cross, Alexa Bliss, Carmella, and uh, Gable Stevenson. So That's why the fuck not? You know, the guy's never wrestled a single fucking match, but we'll call him up and we'll put him on fucking Raw before LA Knight or Johnny Gargano or anyone who's done years of good fucking work in NXT. You know, Gable Stevenson, who's never had a fucking match, got picked. Well, it's not very fair. It's not really fair for you to say he's never wrestled a match because he wrestled a match in China and he actually <laughs> won the gold medal. So that's not real wrestling. That's fake wrestling, and you know that. Yeah, this is real. That's the fake shit. That's that fake shit they do in the Olympics. Okay, so back to the real shit. They picked a guy who hasn't wrestled a fucking match in the draft, and LA Knight is going to still get jobbed out on fucking NXT. So that's pretty great. Pretty stoked about that. Yeah. So the NXT call-ups. So we've got Hit Hit Row and Zia Lee and Ridge Holland going to SmackDown. And we've got Austin Theory. And I guess you could say Gable Stevenson, even though he was never on NXT, uh, going to Raw. Yeah. Uh, I mean... You're going to get some good NXT people on SmackDown there with the exception of why the fuck Zia Lee got called up. I don't, I don't understand that one at all. But I do think Rich Holland and Hit Row will be immediately involved and good. Yeah. Austin Theory showed up immediately. Agreed. There's just there's so many other people that could have been called up that just didn't. And I just don't understand. It doesn't make any I sense. I, I I like that they they uh, kind of called out Austin Theory as a as like a, a new name that no one's ever heard before, but he's been on the main roster before in Seth Rollins' faction. Yeah, with, like a year ago, year and a half ago, when he was literally there during the COVID time. Yeah, with Buddy Murph, uh, Buddy Matthews, Buddy Matthews now formerly known as Buddy Murphy, not yeah. the Joker. Oh boy. <laughs> Boy, uh, do we, we have some things to talk about there. Um, uh, but I will say I am so scared now. My, my, my previous comment from earlier about NXT, I'll just leave it there now. I am terrified about the cuts that are probably going to come to NXT in the next six months, knowing now that they didn't draft any of the people I thought they were going to draft up. I am legitimately scared about Cameron Grimes, L.A. Knight, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Oni Lorcan, Danny Birch, anyone who, Roger Strong, who has Ford, Kushida, Kyle O'Reilly, these guys that are my favorite people and the reason why NXT is successful and strong and my favorite show prior to 2.0, all of those people I'm very concerned about are not going to be part of NXT in six months to a year. 
because they didn't get called up. Yeah, but yeah. with Bobby Fish on AEW, man. Yeah, we're not there yet, but I was very excited. Yeah. But Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish. Well, Bobby I... Fish uses the Reed Dragon theme music that he used with Kyle O'Reilly and Ring of Honor, too, if you didn't know. Bobby Fish was using their theme music. And New Japan. They were in New Japan as well. Yep. I didn't know that. That I didn't know that was their, their theme music, but that was Reed Dragon's theme music. Yeah. That makes me excited for Kyle O'Reilly going to AEW. I wanted Kyle O'Reilly as a single star, like he was in Ring of Honor. Like I remember watching some Ring of Honor matches where he was the world champ. And it was awesome. And he was a really great single star. And NXT gave me that that hope and glimmer that he would be there. And uh, now he's tagging with Vaughn Wagner. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Fuck. They're just going to get... I I think you're right. I, th- I think they're just going to get rid of all those guys. And they're all going to go other... Like, they're all going to go elsewhere. LA Knight will go back to Impact. O'Reilly will probably go to AEW. Kushida will probably go back to New Japan. Uh, Gargano, who the fuck knows? Pro, I. He was a PWG guy. He wasn't really with anything. I watched him a couple times with like. Uh, I have a couple old pay per views I have on DVD of him with like some weird uh, smaller things than like PWG even. But I never seen him do anything with like a Ring of Honor or anything like that. But I could see Johnny going straight to AEW and being big there. Yeah, it's just like we've said before. Like they've their roster's fine. Like. Yeah, but 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 he could be a a good competitor for the TNT Championship. Yeah, I I don't think he'll ever be in that top AEW spot. Fuck, I mean, if if Champa goes too, I I wouldn't mind seeing more tag teams because they've got so fucking many, and I love how they do tag team wrestling. But and I mean, if they introduce more tag teams on AEW, then that just gives more opportunities for like the teams that have three people in them to just introduce a six, six man tag titles. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that could be somewhere they're going. So let's talk about faces in new places and matchups that we, I mean, that we're most intrigued for. Uh, I think right away you see Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre and you're thinking uh, a lot of people are thinking WrestleMania 38. I mean, I've watched that. I'd pay for that. I mean, yeah, I'd pay, I'd pay more than ten dollars for Peacock. That 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 match is worth more than ten dollars. I pay for Peacock. I will definitely watch that match. I think I'll watch it at the Royal Rumble or Survivor Series, and I'm still holding on to hope of The Rock showing up at Survivor Series and starting a bloodline feud. Yeah, I could. Yeah, see I that. think Drew McIntyre is a temporary thing. I don't think he's a WrestleMania thing. I would say Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns makes more sense for Royal Rumble. Yeah, I just think, like, as of right now, you look at the roster the way it is right now, like, is that your SmackDown? Is that your Universal Championship feud for WrestleMania with the roster the way it is? If if With the roster the way it is, I think that's your feud. And on the Raw side, I mean, I know these guys were both on Raw before, but Big E and Keith Lee, there's a lot of people putting that on their, like... T-Bar? Let's go. Let's get rid of that name entirely and, and put him up against Keith Lee. Well, I'm I like, saw that Tommy Jajakovich posted that he was going to go back to his real name. Yeah. He, oh, he posted like, I'm all alone now or something like that. And then posted his catchphrase as Dijakovic, which I forget what it is. 
feast your eyes. With the eyes. Yeah, feast, feast your, your eyes. Feast yeah. your eyes. Yeah. So it looks like Dijakovic is coming back as that because they broke up the retribution tag team in the in the raw talk portion of the draft. Uh, they the other the other uh, jobber team that they broke up. Did you see that they broke up Veer and Shanky already? Yeah, they broke well, up Veer. They broke up Veer and Shanky. They left. Uh, I think it, they left Veer behind, right? Yeah, uh, Veer went to Raw, and then Jinder Mahal and Shanky went to SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. and and Veer uh, of those people w- was the one that I think was looking the best. He's the every I, match they were in, they were like Veer is looking so good, and Veer got the pinfall like every time they had a match on Raw. Veer kept getting the pin, and he was clearly the one that they're pushing right now. So it made sense to me. Yeah, but I still think he suffers without the established quote unquote star of, of Jinder Mahal. True. You guys love shitting on Jinder Mahal. It's enjoyable to me. Well, he sucks. So I don't think he's terrible. I just think that you guys hate him because he got put in that spot in a really bad time. Yeah. There was I no saw- build to him, but I think when he had the title, I actually was my invested in wanting him to lose, which actually does a really good job as a heel. Yeah, he 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 did a good job making you want to hate him i will say that uh i'll say the the biggest upper mid card so so this is all coming from like people posting like their dream wrestlemania matches on twitter and stuff like that i think the uh, the biggest upper mid card match that i'm looking forward to the most that people have been posting is aj styles versus edge now i can I don't see know that how- yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned that in our in our little group chat about that happening at WrestleMania, and damn, if that's not years in the making, I don't know what is. I'll throw you something different though, on the same lines, which I was reading through the the rosters and I was looking for like things I could see, and a Mania match that I think makes more sense, which would be almost as good, is AJ versus Finn, which are both on Raw. That too. I would like to see that. We've seen that match before uh, when everyone got MRSA or whatever, and it was incredible. Yeah, that one was really good. It's, um, but, al- but also Finn, Finn, I think it was Finn reached out on Twitter and like tagged AJ Styles, and he said something about I'm with you, brother, or something like that. Yes, he did. I, I think with a, with a proper build, that one could also just be incredible. I saw something online today, obviously just a headline, but that Finn Balor is, is poised for like a, a, big, a big push on Raw. I don't know how much bigger you can get other than what he was just doing, other than winning the title, but I don't want to see Big E lose anytime soon. So, Yeah, I, I would really love a Finn Balor title run for real on the main card. So I could really enjoy if they, if they do pull it off Big E in the next like six months or next year. If Finn Balor's the guy who does it. I'd be pretty happy with that. The one thing I want to say when you're talking about like the the draft and like the, the coming out of the draft and then maybe WrestleMania talk, because I think they did a really good job splitting up the women's division on the two shows. So women, there's 14 on Raw, 10 on SmackDown, but you have a bunch of legitimate title contenders on both. So you have like Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, Carmella on one show. And then you have Charlotte, Naomi, Sasha, Shayna, 
Uh, and then you have up-and-comers like Tony Storm and Shotzi Blackheart on SmackDown, and then up-and-comers like Mia Yim and Tegan Knox on Raw, and Zelina Vega, and stuff when like that. Mia, so you have like, did Mia, Mia Yim got drafted? As Mia Yim, too. And she was on, it was on uh, Raw Talk that she got, or Smack, Talking Smack, I can't, one of the two, but she got picked up, and she got picked up as Mia Yim. So they're done with that retribution garbage for her. And she got directed to the same show as our, her fiance, I think, uh, or husband. I don't know what they are now. Keep I don't me. know what they are, but yeah, they, they also did a good job. Like they have been, I think they did it last year as well. They did a good job keeping the couples together, which I think is nice. I've always um, heard that it's always a Vince McMahon decision. If he likes the couples, he keeps them together. And if he doesn't, he splits them up. But like, which is surprising. as soon as Becky got drafted, I knew Seth was going because they've always kept them together. As soon as Bianca went, I knew Shree Crawford's removing. Yeah, like, it was that was what was surprising with me. It was like with the amount of DUIs that Jimmy Uso has gotten that they that the Usos and Naomi both went to SmackDown. Naomi didn't. Oh, yeah, Naomi's still yeah, on she, SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah cuz so- Sonya was upset about it. Yeah, I remember that. That's going to be a good feud when they pull Sonya back into the women's division and they make the 11 people. Sonya's back in it. I I, hope, I, I, I can't believe I'm saying that. this, but Sonya is actually like she could be really used right now. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And also with all the women you just mentioned, like that doesn't include Bailey, who obviously is still out in Oscar and Oscar. So like they split those up like one per show and you have really good women's divisions on both shows. Yeah, I would assume Bailey's going to stay on SmackDown and then Oscar stays on Raw, stays on Raw uh, just because you could have Bailey or not Bailey. You could have Becky feud with Oscar for the title there. Because uh, once I guess once Becky gets it back, if she does get to get it back, like you could have her feud with Oscar, and you've got a story there uh, that started last year. And then Bailey, if Sasha's going to win it at Crown Jewel, I mean Bailey and Sasha could literally fight forever, like they chant. I, I wouldn't mind. Here, here's something might be a little weird. I don't think Kyrie Zane is done forever. I know she's, she's an ambassador. Not, she's not on WWE. She's an ambassador for WWE in in Japan. Yeah, she works in like a like an office role for WWE, but does not wrestle anymore. But I don't know if she's done forever. I might even pick her as a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble this year. Interesting. The women's Royal Rumble is always easy to pick surprise entrants, though, because they just use the entire NXT roster. So that's true. But now they have 24 women on the main card. So there's only six spots left. So maybe there'll be less NXT than normal as long as they use all 24. Plus, like maybe a Bailey and Asuka come back. That's 26. Yeah, and Beth Phoenix. Last year. Yeah, and Beth. You know, you always have like the one or two legends. So now you're going to like two NXT, which would be nice. Could you yeah. imagine being one of the 24, 26, whatever you said, women on the. And ex- or on the SmackDown and Raw roster, and not being picked for the Royal Rumble, though. Did you hear the uh, the news today that uh, Dakota Kai? I guess we said at the start of the show we didn't have any news, but I read this one today. Uh, Dakota Kai said she's an official free agent and she's not going back to NXT. Yeah, it oh. said something to the. It was uh, she reached out like Bailey said that she was a free agent because she didn't get drafted, and Dakota Kai was like, "We should form a form a faction, uh, free agents or whatever." Yeah, Dakota Kai wants to obviously move up. And that's the one we called. And Zia Lee was the one they picked of yeah. all people. Super weird. Um, Not to mention Shotzi and Tegan got 
drafted, so we'll see where they end up, I guess. Yeah. Or how they then end up being. Um, speaking of free agents, Brock Lesnar. What do we what do we think is happening there? He'll just go wherever he wants when they want him to go there. I right, mean, but he, so yeah. so like fill in star. Where where do you see his journey to WrestleMania going? Like obviously he's got the match with Roman at Crown Jewel. Biggie versus Brock at Mania, and Biggie yes. wins that one and then loses it shortly after. See, I would I would much rather see the the Biggie and Keith Lee match. Obviously, I don't. It's obviously Ooh. up to what what Vince wants, but Brock versus Bobby is what people have wanted to see for a long time. I, mean, I could see it after this Goldberg fucking thing ends because he's got to let it end soon. With, Brock's got to have stuff to do between now and Mania. I mean, Brock's not going to just like walk away again. I mean, he's going to be only there every now and then, but he's still going to need a match and maybe like Survivor Series or Royal Rumble. I mean, those make sense. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's that, not a mania contender, but maybe Brock versus Big E at Royal Rumble. Well, see, I think, I think that, I mean, obviously, you, like I said, we have the match at Crown Jewel. I could definitely just see Brock not showing back up until Royal Rumble season. And then he's in the Rumble. And then Bobby Lashley, one of the two, out. one of the two eliminate each other. And then whoever gets eliminated cost the other one the Royal Rumble match somehow and that builds up a WrestleMania match. That's exactly what they did with Drew though, so I'm not overly interested to see the exact same storyline again, but I would love to see Bobby beat Brock. Yeah, that I'm also really nice. glad they kept Bobby as like a even though he lost to Big E in the rematch, they the whole match was Bobby still being put over as this big Hulk and like can throw anyone around, can do anything he wants to do kind of guy. So like, right. I'm glad that even though he lost the title, we're still going to keep Bobby Lashley as a primary main event kind of person on the on Raw. Yeah, and I mean, I think he's there to stay as as that, not drift down to the mid-card at all, which is nice because, I mean, obviously you've got the Hurt Business there with him now. That they're They're back together. MVP's out Hurt right now, but eventually they'll all be back together and will be back to being a dominant force on raw some sometime in the near future which will be nice um so i guess let's get into some stuff from smackdown that we didn't really cover from the draft so mentioned it a little bit the announcement of the king of the ring and the queen's crown tournament so that starts tonight they did announce what matches are happening tonight i forget what they are i know one of them one of them is Sami Zayn and Rey Mysterio, I think. Yeah. I don't uh, uh, live Morgan and Carmella, I think. Yeah, those are the two that they announced. Yeah. So they announced those, um, and we don't know who else is in the tournament yet, which I don't know why the fuck they're doing that. Like, why not just announce who's in the fucking tournament? It doesn't make any so you sense. Turn it on the, you got to turn on the show for some reason, man. They can only give you so much. It's all ratings, grab. I bet you tonight on SmackDown, they give you the whole roster. They give you the whole bracket. That, uh, I just don't understand why. Like, why not try to draw like that? That's just right. That right there is telling you, like, hey, the wrestlers we have are not draws. Like, we we can't announce who's in this tournament and make people tune in. Like, that's basically what you're saying is like, if I announce who's in the tournament ahead of time, people won't want to tune in because of who's in the tournament. No, it's just another thing they're gonna. They would love. Uh, <clears throat> I think they're gonna draw more people in by saying. It's happening tonight. 
matches are starting tonight. Here are some matches, and you're gonna want to turn on and be like, find out who's in the show. It because the, the first round's always the wash round anyway. You know, I agree, Sami Zayn versus Rey Mysterio, but usually the one round you can pick the most easy winners is round one. So if you sell round one and you give all of it away, I think you'll have less of a success than if you say like, here's everything at the show, and you have to tune in to find out who the whole bracket looks like so we can all find out that Xavier Woods is going to win it. Nah, I don't know. I guess I guess agree to disagree. I don't know. Do we have any predictions on winners, even though we don't know who's in the tournament? Who would we like to see win? My, my, I mean, King of the Ring, my pick would be Xavier. Yeah, Xavier Woods would be really good. But, I mean, I don't even know if he's in it. So... I would love to watch Xavier Woods win. I just don't know if he sells well as the winner other than the crowds. You know, it's the same thing. I always thought like the Kofi thing, I never thought it was really going to happen until it happened. The Big E thing, I wasn't sure it was going to happen until it happened because WWE is this really bad thing of like trying to sell me on some guy who's a crowd favorite and everyone wants to win and then he doesn't. Um, so I wouldn't want to put money in Xavier Woods until I, until it got near the end, but I would love to see him win. But I think you have a better chance with like some heel character, maybe like a Sami Zayn or like a Kevin Owens getting a push here to give them something to keep them with the company. Yeah, try to keep them from jumping ship. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um, my my thing about Xavier Woods is is like right now I'm thinking back because I think I think that they they kind of look to Booker for, for inspiration, right? And they had that that thing. A couple years ago when I mean I guess it was only a couple years ago when New Day became five time tag team champs that you know Booker T came and announced them King Booker came and announced them and they did the five time five time five time thing so I could see Xavier kind of following in the footsteps of of King Booker and becoming King Xavier but you know kind of fo- like following that storyline and I think that would be pretty cool, which is why I'm 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 okay with more than okay with Xavier winning. So what about for the women's side with the Queen's Crown tournament? Queen's Crown, I don't like this. I would like so ideally, someone like Liv Morgan wins King Queen's Crown. I don't even what? think I don't even think Liv Morgan wins tonight. Maybe not. What I see happening, which is kind of what we've already talked about, is Queen Charlotte loses her title soon, and she they need WWE needs to put her somewhere because WWE loves Charlotte Flair, and they they give Queen Charlotte Queen's crown. I would put money on Shayna Baszler over anyone else. I think they're pushing too hard for Shayna Baszler, and it's going to be almost like a Stone Cold thing where right before King of the Ring, she starts getting like a badass thing, kicks everyone's ass, goes into Queen's Crown, wins King's Crown, and then like Shayna 316 kind of thing almost happens, you know, where like that is just the build they need to like push this person directly into the main event because she's already there, and I guarantee you she's going to be in this tournament. I mean, I I don't think they can sell anyone beating Shayna right now. That's fair, and I would love that booking, but I'll. I think I'd actually throw up if if she cut a promo that said Shayna three sixteen says, "I just whooped your ass." I mean, I don't. I don't want that 
they're that not gonna quote do that. to come out of her mouth, but I, you know what I'm talking about, like the same style of uh, push and booking. Yeah, I could see that. And then along the same lines of what Joe said, like she is the queen of spades. So, ooh, that's I didn't even think of that. That's a good point. Queen's crown, queen of spades. I didn't even think of that. I, I did that whole thing completely without realizing she was called that. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah, go back to her little Al- Alice in Wonderland thing, but like the dark Alice in Wonderland thing. What? She's never done that before. I was I was making something up entirely. But like okay. Like the dark I'm so queen. Confused. I know. I I was I was it didn't land. It's fine. Grow up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Um Let's see other stuff that show uh, that happened on SmackDown, the the whole Seth Rollins thing. Oh, invading, uh, invading Edge's house. Yeah. So Seth Rollins uh, takes takes it a little bit further and walks into Edge's house. Nobody's there. Beth and the kids are not there, and basically he doesn't do anything drastic other than is just like sitting in the house the whole time. And after this whole segment, the only other time they mention it was almost immediately after, but not quite where edge is on the phone backstage and says, he's going to call so-and-so which ends up being like, if you looked at it online, he said the, the, the actual first names of FTR Dan and Uh, Dave. Yeah, I forget. So yeah, I, I couldn't remember I, what he said, but I, I had I had to look I had to look that up because that's what I thought their names were. Uh, and I was like, did he just did he just make an FTR reference? Because I knew that they like I knew that they trained together when Edge was getting back in the ring. Yep. And so so I I I, I heard him say it, and I'm like, those like those names sound somewhat familiar. And I was like, damn, he just referenced FTR or the revival. Yeah, so, maybe maybe WWE is doing their own version of fuck the revival now. Yeah. But probably not because I think Edge and the revival or FDR are friends in real life. They are. Yeah. Like, it was it was really it good was, friends, apparently. Or maybe that just wasn't even screened, or if it was screened, it was like they didn't even realize that they were making their that he was making the reference. But obviously that that blew up on a at least a micro level on the internet afterwards. Yeah. So Basically, nothing else happens from this entire segment, but uh, I guess Seth eventually left their house because Beth was on NXT the next night or on Tuesday. And didn't I don't know, really, maybe, maybe she never went home. She didn't really mention a whole lot about it, like other than that, everyone's okay. So I don't know. It's, I, I don't know. Maybe Seth is still there. <laughs> it would be really funny if, like, tonight on SmackDown, it's just like, He's still there. <laughs> like he hasn't left yet. That would be ridiculous. Um, only, I mean, the only other stuff from SmackDown that was not part of the draft was the main event. This was Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. And Sasha Banks ends up getting the win basically because Becky Lynch pretty much made the assist like, Leaned on the ring, which is where Bianca's hair was. So Bianca kind of got like sidetracked and got her hair pulled that way. And uh, Sasha Banks gets the win. And then Charlotte Flair comes in and just gives everyone a boot and holds up the title. 
while Becky's on the outside holding up her title on the announce table, and then they close out the show. Not really. And the, uh, the interference required for winning matches and women's matches for the last for the last week or so. Every match with women, and it seems like interference is involved. And I haven't, I have not liked that no one's getting clean balls at all, Raw or SmackDown. And then also on NXT, like let's just have clean pinfalls, please. Yeah, kind of weird. But that's pretty much everything from SmackDown. It was mostly draft stuff, not really anything other, not really anything else that was like super eventful. Um, same night they had Rampage, which uh, the only thing was the the Brian Danielson Nick Jackson match, which was pretty damn good. Uh, and then all it did was set up the eight man tag that we saw on Wednesday. So that was really the only thing eventful from Rampage. What was the what was the Rampage main event? Because that opened was the, the show when I watched the, that. It, it was, was the hair, hair versus hair match. Oh yeah, Jack Evans got a main event. That's totally worth it. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. In case you're wondering what the B show was. Uh, and then we uh, did had... you notice on Wednesday on Dynamite, not to skip too far ahead, but did you notice on Wednesday that they talked about how Rampage is fucking filmed on Wednesdays and they kept saying things like, we want to see me wrestle tonight. And then they were like, Friday night on Rampage, that match is going to happen. We're like, <laughs> okay, got it. Like, <laughs> You totally record this shit on Wednesdays. I never heard the announcers say that it was recorded, but I mean, multiple I wrestlers did though. Like CM Punk's promo had it. And then whatever the main event's going to be on Friday of this week was also mentioned by what I think it was Sammy Guevara, I think talked about it or someone else, but multiple matches that happened on rampage were mentioned by wrestlers on Wednesdays happening that night. Oh no, it was Ricky Starks who said, we're going to wrestle Brian cage tonight. That's what it was. And then it's on Friday night rampage. (laughs) Yeah. It's whatever that they'll figure it out. I'm sure. It's just not a great job by the wrestlers being they're They're panning to the crowd more than they are the millions at home, you know, but you know, it doesn't really matter to me because the millions at home, not many, not many of them like watch Rampage. Like it's 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 a fraction of the people that watch Dynamite that watch Rampage. So it doesn't really matter all that much to me. Um, Monday Night Raw, they basically just had the they opened up other other than draft stuff. They opened up and set up a Charlotte versus Bianca Belair match for the main event. And then they had the uh, the Jeff Hardy match, and then where Austin Theory came out afterwards. Uh, but before Austin Theory came out, they had a promo in the ring with Jeff Hardy, and he kind of teased the character shift. And it seemed like it was going. Willow. It seemed like it was going in that direction. Like, do we think that that's where we're going with him now? I think Jeff probably has the rights to to Willow. And I think if he has the rights to Willow, then he will bring Willow to the to the table. I cannot wait. If they bring Willow in, I'm going to be so stoked. That yeah. is a great gimmick that will definitely sell Jeff over to at least something. And will push him into something more yeah. than getting like his ass kicked by Austin Theory. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it looks like that's going to be Jeff's next feud. It looks like I mean, we'll see what happens. I guess tonight or next week, because 
Well, I mean, he's he got drafted to SmackDown, but is still on Raw until that's the whole confusing thing about this is like I don't know what show these people are gonna show up at. So you're right. Now I have to watch both of them, which I already did anyways. But now in order to see where the interesting storylines are going, you basically have to watch both shows because everyone's showing up on every show. Then uh Corey Graves had a pretty good quote during the uh Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo portion of the show, which he has for a few weeks now. Um, he he asked Byron if he was prepared to call one of them stepdad one day. <laughs> they're just selling That's them. Bad. They're just selling them as like these beautiful men. And yeah, he's saying that Byron should be prepared to call one of them stepdad now. I love how Corey Graves just like loves how attractive those two men are and like every time they come out all Corey graves does talks about how attractive those two guys are it Corey graves does a really good job on commentary and i just i love him so i just want to point out that, again that i think Corey graves does a really good job that's my nine, 1998 sign Corey graves is gay Corey <laughs> graves is, is i think engaged to carmella or like in a long term with carmella did you see that they moved carmella to you know raw makes sense yeah, mm, Vince, yeah, that too. Vince McMahon approved. Yes, that as well. That is another thing they did. Um, oh my God, they just put up the the fucking. I'll tell you right now who is in the King of the Ring tournament. <laughs> they just did it. You ready? Yeah. Oh yeah. All right, Rey Mysterio and Sami Zayn. Uh, Cesaro versus Finn Balor is another match. Ooh. Cook, yeah. Yeah, that could be really good. Kofi Kingston versus Jinder Mahal and Xavier Woods versus Ricochet. Oh, that's the only eight people? Yeah, it's just eight. Oh, my gosh. That's smaller than I expected. That's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> that's inappropriate. I thought 16 was the guarantee. Oh, could, you imagine, could you imagine the semifinal match of Kofi Kingston versus Xavier Woods, though? That's totally happening. Yeah, I'm excited now. That's going to be good as shit. I mean, that's that's the amount of people that started the King of the Ring tournament in 1998. Eight people. Yeah, well, the 1998, or, I mean, King of the Ring was not an overly great. Remember Dan Severn made it to the final four, so... Yeah. Additionally, okay. additionally, uh, live on SmackDown right now, Shinsuke has officially given up his crown. Ooh, damn! Spoilers. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Is he still the king of strong style? I don't know, but I'm sure I'll be able to see the end of this Sami Zayn Rey Mysterio match before we're done talking here tonight. Don't ruin anything. We haven't watched. Yeah, I'm probably not even going to watch tonight. I'll probably watch tomorrow. You'll probably I probably will you, also not watch today. Joe, let's be honest. You probably won't watch at all. I'll probably watch SmackDown. You've been so quote-unquote busy that you just can't even watch wrestling. I have been busy. Work right. sucks. I know. <laughs> Yikes. Um, all right. Well, now that they've announced the bracket, yeah, I mean... I feel like Xavier is a lock for the finals and then probably either like Sami Zayn or Finn or Cesaro on the other side. I, I would bet Sami Zayn cheats to win both those matches and gets all the way to the final and you have Sami versus Xavier. I'm, that's, a, that's, a, that's my prediction. Put it on yeah. paper. If that's, if that's your prediction, then I could definitely see Xavier winning. 
if yeah, no, if that's what happens and those are the last two, Xavier clearly wins because Sammy will have cheated that far and like that will be the gimmick is that like Xavier Woods like finds a way to beat the cheating that Sammy Zane did for two matches. I love it. Book it now. Um all right, back to Raw though. The the Dolph Ziggler stuff where he came out and basically was like, I made the two of you talking about Big E and Drew McIntyre was an awesome callback. Right when Dolph had the money in the bank and he was with AJ Lee and Big E. And then also when Dolph was teaming with Drew McIntyre and like, and then he's basically like, look at, look at what you've become. I thought was just an awesome callback. And it made sense as to like why he was out there confronting them. And I need more of that sensical booking. I thought that was a great segment. I was like, Shocked at how good all four of those people did in that segment. And then the match was good, too. Like, even though it was a Monday Night Raw match, it was a good tag team match. I was That whole segment had me interested, and I I enjoy anytime Dolph Ziggler is allowed to just talk on the mic like that. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler is underrated in every facet of the game. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, they immediately did a tag <laughs> team match between the two teams. Uh, Big E and Drew McIntyre win, and then they set up Big E versus Drew McIntyre at Crown Jewel. So that's that's probably going to be great. Although Drew McIntyre obviously got drafted to SmackDown, so if you're wondering who's going to win that, yeah. Then we got the fact that Goldberg is going to wrestle again. Ew. So that's happening. Um, I threw up in the back of my throat. Yeah, so him and Bobby Lashley are having a no-holds-barred match at Crown Jewel. Uh, That's a match I could care less about. I don't know if you guys caught this, but Goldberg said, I don't know, at least four times that he's going to kill Bobby Lashley. Yeah, in, like, different ways, too. He, like, at one point, he's like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to cut your head off or something. I'm going to fucking murder you. Like, he kept saying it in different ways, but kept saying, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, so... I don't know. Like, that sounds like pre-murder. He should be arrested and not well, and not be able to wrestle. Yeah, if he actually does kill Bobby Lashley, that's definitely premeditated. Yeah, yeah. that's that's premeditated murder. That, that that's not- murder one. That's not murder two. I've watched enough Law and Order. No, that's murder one. It's premeditated. Yeah, so he should not be allowed to wrestle. Sorry, can't have you at Crown Jewel. Saudi Arabia should. Uh, make a law right now that premeditated murder is not allowed because that's crown jewel too it's like the easiest match i've ever predicted in my life which is sucks yeah what do you what do you mean what's so easy about it it's crown jewel and if you don't remember goldberg beat fucking the fiend at crown jewel so Mm. wwe has no problem selling goldberg as a winner in saudi arabia to please the crowd it's a fucking glorified house show in saudi arabia fucking pencil me in pin it in sharpie the motherfucker down it's fucking goldberg beating bobby it's gonna fucking suck well uh no need to ask you what your prediction is next week then so uh yeah fucking put it in sharpie it's fucking shitty and i hate it yep yep all right well, now we know that. Uh, and then they had the then they had the main event between uh, Charlotte and Bianca, and that also ended in a disqualification. Like there I said, go. there you go, Chad. I hated it. 
did not like the fact that I can't have, I thought that they were going to let Bianca Penner clean to like push Bianca as the number one on raw. Since they obviously have to move the raw, the title back to raw. And then they didn't. I was like, could you please just give me a clear cut winner, please? I thought it was a great opportunity to push Bianca as like back to where they had her. If they had let her win and pin Charlotte, she's back where she was in the mind of fans and in the ring when before the 26 second thing happened, you know, she's pinning the raw women's champion clean in the ring on raw back Bianca's back, but no, they had to have all the interference and like two other people getting involved. Yeah. Can't have that happening. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta have it end in disqualification. Why though? It wasn't for the title. (laughs) It's the rule. Why? I'm just, I'm just spinning you up. I, I have literally have no idea. I'm on the same page as you. But yeah, that's it for Raw. And then uh, NXT 2.0. It was another week of that. I, uh, I just I just read an article that said that NXT 2.0 and Rampage are like dwindling viewers super fast. Like Ram uh, Dynamite's apparently still trending slightly up every week. Raw's gotten like turned around and is like trending back up. SmackDown continues to trend. In the right direction and NXT 2.0 and Rampage are just dwindling heavily quickly. I wonder why. Yeah. Well, Braun Breaker. Yeah. Um, Braun Wagner. So we started with uh, Toxic Toxic Attraction came out. Sup? <laughs> and... Here's a funny thing in this match. My wife said that Gigi Dolan looks like Sid from Ice Age. <laughs> Go look at fucking Gigi Dolan. She's got this long ass fucking neck and these eyes that like pop out of her fucking face. And she said she looked like she looked like Sid from fucking Ice Age. And it was the funniest shit. And now I can never see Gigi Dolan the right way again. Just next time you watch her, that's fucking Sid from Ice Age. I don't know if I want to do that. No, you don't. Gigi Dolan's the least attractive of the three anyway. Mandy Rose is all you need anyway, so. I guess, so, yeah. Mandy Rose. So, uh, but Mandy Rose had a had a match with Ember Moon in which she beat Ember Moon, and it made me bring up the question: uh, Whatever happened to this like teased character shift of Ember Moon? No idea. I was wondering about that too. I guess they. I mean, I'm guessing they got rid of that. I don't know, but like of uh, about a month back, I guess she teased a character like a pretty much like a heel character shift. And that was definitely not what we saw on Tuesday. Maybe she keeps uh, pushing this gimmick for like a little longer and draws it out before she shifts over. Maybe or, she's just not they're, they're not ready to sell her on the heel gimmick yet. Or she's going to get cut. Don't say that. I, I would mean, be so you, upset. You said that about every other NXT male. No. You're so. probably right. You're probably right. And I'm just going to be super butthurt about it. Fuck, they're going to Ruin NXT. God damn it. Oh boy, the first uh first round match is over. Don't tell us shit. Rey Mysterio and Sami Zayn finish their match. Wonder who won. Oh boy. So back to NXT. Um yeah. The other thing, Odyssey Jones uh had a match with LA Knight and got screwed over by basically an Aubrey Edwards type ref. And I'm not happy about it. I uh, 
I think it was good booking to have a guy that knew lose to a guy that they're trying to reestablish after they let him be like the fall child for Braun Breaker's rise. Um, I think it was a good uh, a good booking decision to have LA Knight win there if they're going to keep him on NXT and still book him as a main event style prospect. And that also helps just build the Andre Chase versus uh, Odyssey Jones match that will not be very good. Yeah, and then hopefully Odyssey Jones just absolutely destroys Andre Chase because yeah, absolutely. fuck that guy. That will clearly be what happens, and I don't expect the match to be that good. Uh, I mean, aside, uh, uh, aside from fucking that guy, <laughs> like Odyssey Jones deserves the win, obviously. I, uh, I do want to point out in that match that they started talking about Halloween Havoc. And uh, I'm very excited that we're going to get Halloween Havoc back at the end of the month. What are you moving around that's making so much noise? Me? Yeah. Nothing. That, whatever you just did. I didn't do anything. We know that you did. Yeah, we can hear it. Just be a, just, just just be a dude. Can you just and, sit still? And admit it. Can you just sit still and stop being a child? Back to NXT 2.0. Other things that happened on NXT 2.0. Yeah, along with the um, along with that Halloween Havoc, whatever, like the announcement that it's coming back. They said that uh, Tommaso Ciampa is going to be taking on Braun Breaker, and uh, Braun Breaker is probably going to win that match. Don't say that to me. I mean, come on. Let's. Hey, yeah, he let's, might win the match. Let's let's get real here. Uh. They have already apparently also announced Mandy Rose versus Raquel Gonzalez will probably be on the card. Yep, that too. I'm surprised she didn't get drafted. Who? Raquel Gonzalez? Raquel Gonzalez. Oh. Yeah, I was surprised she didn't get drafted either. I was. I would have expected her and Dakota long before Zia Lee. Yeah. That one just isn't... Back to that. That doesn't make any fucking sense. But, uh, but I'm happy for her. Who? Zia Lee. No, I, don't, I could care less. Or sorry, could I? I could not care less. Sorry, it, it's history making. How? She's the first Chinese woman superstar drafted to the the main brand of of WWE. I mean, I guess there's a. I mean, there's a first time for everything. I guess. What if Tommaso Ciampa wins, but Braun Breaker is like the guy who controls the whole match. You still sell him as like a main event guy, but Tommaso Ciampa doesn't immediately lose the title. No, Tommaso's going to lose. I don't want that. I know you don't, but that's you. You already said like a, like two weeks ago, like all they're giving all these people title runs and then they're going to have them lose their titles and then they're going to be gone. That's not a title run. That's a title jog to the end of the block and then immediately turn around. That's not a fucking title run to, to gain it on NXT and then lose it on NXT fucking a month later. It's no, he's going to lose it at Halloween Havoc. That's on NXT 2.0. No. That's a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. That's but, a fucking Tuesday night on fucking USA Network. Right, but it's going to be one of their big shows, you know? That's what they're going to move more towards, apparently, was what I've been hearing, is they're going to do less takeovers and more of those uh, big Tuesday night pay-per-views. They already only do like three or four a year. What the fuck? I mean, it's developmental. It's full-time developmental now. I hate this. Yeah, I'm... I'm, Every week, I'm getting more and more upset about something. It's 
I had like I wanted to try and main, maintain neutral on it because I didn't want to get too upset. I mean, but the three upset. the three big shows, Raw, SmackDown, and Dynamite, are killing it. The other two, not so much. Yeah, that's absolutely true. It's like Raw and NXT took swap spots. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like a month ago, we were like NXT, one of the big ones, one of the best ones. Now Raw's really good again out of nowhere. NXT sucks. Yeah, at least Rampage normally puts on one good match a night. One of four or three. One of three, usually. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, they had a uh, Pete Dunn <clears throat> and uh, Cameron Grimes match. It was a, it was a match. It was fun. Uh, Pete Dunn won that one. Uh, and then uh, t- Tony D'Angelo debuts. Somehow, oh some, somehow got a face reaction from the crowd. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't yeah, have it was that. weird as shit. They this. started chanting for Tony, and I was like, I thought they were selling this guy like a bad guy the whole time. I'm assuming fans I'm, were all for it. I'm assuming that they're still in the CWC. They haven't really said that they're still in the CWC, but I'm assuming they are. And those fans are just fucking weird, and they don't know what they're talking about. Because I, I was absolutely shocked on that uh that uh craziness uh where they chanted for Tony D'Angelo. I was one hated the character, hated the gimmick, but two the fans cheering for it maybe even dislike it more because I don't know what in the fuck the CWC fans are there for. And I did just Google it; they are still filming in the CWC. No, oh, well, that makes all the sense in the world. That's why they're still booing MSK, which. Speaking of also them, happened in the main event. I was gonna say, speaking of them, the main event, the fatal four way for the tag team titles. Uh, they er, earlier in the night they had it switched to an elimination uh, fatal four way tag team match. It was MSK, Grizzled Young Vets. Help me, uh, John Briggs and Jensen. Yep, Josh Briggs and whoever the other guy's name is, and another tag team that I don't remember. The fourth tag team, MSK, Grizzly Young Vets, Josh Briggs, and Brock Brooks Jensen. Oh, uh, Carmelo Hayes and Tra- Williams, whatever. Trick, Trick Williams, Williams, yeah. Yep. Who got eliminated first? Yeah, MSK won. Like I pretty, like, I pretty much predicted that they would win. I couldn't see any of those other four teams winning except for maybe Grizzly Young Vets since they didn't get drafted. Uh, but then after the match. MSK gets attacked by Imperium, which I could definitely see Imperium finally taking the belts off of them. MSK's had it for a hot minute, and I don't know. They're just not getting the crowd reaction from the CWC that I feel like NXT is looking for, and I feel like NXT should just turn them heel. Two things. They chanted, thank you, Imperium, when they showed up and attacked MSK. The the crowd was chanting, thank you, Imperium, which I was shocked by I love MSK. I thoroughly enjoy it. I don't know why the CWC crowd is so against them. I, I don't. Um, I will never understand it. The second thing is the push for Jensen and Briggs in the match was very obvious. They they gave them a lot of good spots. They gave them a lot of uh, important spots, including pinning Grizzled Young Veterans. It became an elimination match, and uh, Tucker uh, Trent Williams got eliminated first. So her Hayes and Hunt Williams go off. And then uh, Zach Gibson gets pinned by Josh Briggs from Briggs and Jensen. 
so the match came down to the two face teams or the two teams are selling as faces, which was Brooks, Brooks and Jensen or Briggs and Jensen and MSK. MSK gets the win on Jensen. But I was shocked to see Briggs and Jensen getting pinned or pinning Grizzled Young Bets and Grizzled Young Bets not going to the, the last part of that match and getting pinned by MSK so they can like close the, that storyline before they give it over to Imperium. Right. Yeah, it was Grizzle Young Vets is another team. I'm like, I would not be surprised if they don't stay very long. Yeah, unfortunately, like I, they're a team that I love to hate, and that's something that you need on your roster. So. Grizzle Young Vets does a lot of tag team moves that I've never seen before, and I really enjoy watching. So. Yeah, and yeah, they're they are also innovative, like very innovative in the ring. So I, I. I don't know. We'll have to see where it goes here soon. I, I would assume here near Survivor Series, we're going to get another set of cuts. So, and it's probably going to be... I, I just have a feeling it's going to be mostly NXT people that did not get drafted that have been there for a while, which really fucking sucks. The crazy part on this whole thing is they keep debuting new people like every week, too. Like, uh, they had like that Chen guy last week who didn't even show up this week. Tony D'Angelo this week, who I would not expect on next week. And they're like debuting all these new guys and not building anything. So they're just like, hey, this guy exists, which is going to take up so much room if they keep doing that, that there's no way they're going to be able to maintain this this deep of an NXT roster. So they're going to have to clear out some of this stuff and that the the older guys are going to go, unfortunately. The only thing they can do is just continue to debut people and have them go up against established stars and have them beat them, and then they get rid of the established stars. And then you have a roster of, man, I hope that the fans see these new people as established stars since they were put over by all these other people that we just cut. Fingers crossed, I guess. It feels like 2005 to 2007 WWE where they just kept trying to build random people they pull up from fcw that were not on the same level as other people and then try and tell you that they were big time people like mr kennedy and mvp more like show up in a yeah there's another one like <laughs> all these people that would just show up and beat somebody really big and you'd be like holy fuck and then where did they go oh nowhere because they weren't accepted by the fans but yeah, that I mean that wraps up NXT, and then we yeah. Can I was get... just gonna say we just finished NXT. We should move on to AEW. Oh, cool, good, great input there, bud. Yeah. Um. So Dynamite started off with that eight man tag that they uh, announced on Rampage the week before. Mm-hmm. So you had the entire Elite going up against Danielson, Cage, and the Jurassic Express. Pretty awesome match. Uh, I think it's, match. it sucks that we missed the, the entrances, though, because there's a lot of good entrances just out of all those people. Danielson, Jungle Boy, Cole. Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, like those are great entrances. Oh, another first round Queen's Crown match for tonight. Don't spoil so, it, dude. I'm, I'm just going to tell you what it is. It is uh, Tony Storm versus Zelina Vega. Ooh, I hope Tony wins. Ooh, Tony Storm all day. Probably. Um, but yeah, they just cut right back to commercial. So, uh, the elite win that match. And, uh, the one thing I noticed from this was like Luchasaurus was super over with this crowd. Yeah. Wherever I noticed the same thing. I forget where they were at. Um, oh, where the fuck were they? Philadelphia. 
They might have been in Philly. Yeah, yeah they, they were definitely they were, in they Philly because they did that ECW thing after after they went off the Oh, road. yeah. It's yeah. definitely Philly, yeah. Yeah, they were in Philly, That which was – I don't know where Luchasaurus is from. Obviously, he's 65 million years old, so he could, <laughs> could, could be from anywhere. Um, but – From the Jurassic Age. He's from Pangea, so he's from everywhere. Uh, but, yeah, he – but then they ended up having – I think he took the pin here, and then the Elite wins. So – it makes you think like, cause they had the casino ladder match later in the night. You're like, all right. So Danielson and Omega went to a time limit draw. You could see Danielson possibly trying to come up and be the number one contender if he wins a bunch of matches. Mm-hmm. Um, but you knew the casino ladder match was coming up tonight and you're wondering whether or not that match is going to happen at full gear or in a few weeks on dynamite. Uh, we'll talk about it a little later, but I think that match is happening at full gear. But, yeah, not to get into the main event too much yet. It seems like they might be just going with the the long road here for Danielson and having him actually work his way up through the rankings, which I think is the right move. We had the Sammy Guevara and Bobby Fish match for the TNT Championship. Another good match. Dynamite puts on good, like, just good matches all around all the time. Yeah, and last week, last week, Chad said that he signed with Major League Wrestling, so he was definitely not going to be signing with AEW. It was going to be a one-off thing. That turned out not to be the case. So he Very is, true. He is, I think, is signed with Major League Wrestling, but he is also elite. He's, I guess, yeah, the, partially elite. Well, he's all elite. The graphic, the graphic went out. He's all elite. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. If the, graf- if the graphic goes out, that means you're all elite. Well, yeah, so he's all elite, but he's also kind of something else. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Guevara wins that match. Obviously, he just got the championship. But then uh, after the match, uh, American top team and Dan Lambert comes out and they beat everyone down. Fuego del Sol tries to make the save. And then that goes on for like what feels like forever until Jericho's music hits and got a huge pop from the crowd, which was awesome. Uh, and also makes sense because Guevara is in the inner circle. Um, they've kind of been letting the inner circle and like the pinnacle and those bigger factions kind of do their own thing. But when it, when it comes time to needing your crew to make the save or to do something as a crew, they, they help each other out, which is sensical and like having things make sense like that. I can always enjoy. And then they, then they unveiled the, the TBS championship. The host champion. Okay, so yeah. I was gonna ask the question. I forgot that I, I messaged you guys yesterday and asked if anyone can see hose in this, but the TBS logo, when you when you look at it straight on, uh some people put out online like that they could that it reads hose, which is just not a good look for a women's championship. Yeah, but the worst way you could introduce a women's championship is to have a belt that kind of looks like the word hose. <laughs> yeah i they can't they can't change it though right because then it wouldn't be the tbs logo no they're not going to change it. it it is it is the uh i mean it's the tbs logo like th- that would require tbs to change their logo well maybe they should now oh breaking news i have the queen's crown tournament uh bracket go ahead all right tony storm Zelina vega Liv morgan and carmella like we already knew uh, Dewdrop and Natalia. Gross. 
Dana Brooke and Shayna Baszler. Shayna wins. I told you, Shayna's winning this whole thing. Shayna destroys Dewdrop after she wins the first round. Yeah. There's not a single person on that thing that beats Shayna Baszler. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I think Tony Storm and Carmella win, and then Dewdrop and Shayna wins. And then you think Carmella's going to beat Liv to have a heel face in the semifinals? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's just whether or not Tony Storm wins this match that just started, but we'll see. I'll be sure to not spoil that for you guys. Thank you. Please don't. Thanks. I will say Tony just used her butt to hit Zelina in the face. Well, it's a big butt. So that's that's all I'll say about that. Um, Yeah. So the host championship gets unveiled. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'll ever not be able to see hose in it, but I mean, do we have predictions for who that first champion is going to be? I could see it being someone like Ruby. Yeah, Ruby Riot makes sense. You don't think they're going to make it some like a women's mid Carter? Maybe well, like a Statlander. I think it's I think it's very up in the air of who it could be. Like it. Well, Ruby Ruby just challenged for the the women's championship and lost. I don't think she's going to challenge anytime soon again, even if Britt Baker loses the title. So it would make sense if they wanted to do something with Ruby Riot, who I think is one of their biggest draws right now. That Ruby Riot inter. Could you please just say Soho? Oh, did I say Riot again? Yeah, you said it twice. Damn it. That stupid. Ruby Soho. You're such a stupid like, bitch. Interimly wins the host championship. I could. I'm never going to not laugh at that. Um, yeah, I could see that to where like it becomes that mid card title where it's like open challenge, sort of like they do with the TNT championship, and you just have Ruby Soho putting it on the line every week and just having awesome matches with other women and getting to put them over, but yeah, still, but still winning matches. Yeah. I feel like that makes the most sense. The match is over. We have a winner, and I'm not gonna say who it was. Just What's like up? I'm not just like I'm not gonna say who won the last match. Here's Thank what I here's what I will tell you. Um, one person who we all thought was gonna win won, and one person who we all thought was gonna win lost. Hmm. Mm. Sucks for Tony. <laughs> oh, you thought it was Tony Storm. Uh so Hikaru Shida goes for her 50th win, does not get it against Serena Deeb. And I think this is a solid like journey to the 50 wins storyline that they could do here for Hikaru Shida. Yeah, they already have the trophy. So obviously at some point in her WWE. Wow. Wow. Her AEW now. Her AEW career that she'll win a, a 50th match. So your your brain is broken. What? I said your brain is just broken now. Yeah, I guess so. Ah broken. All right, so moving on from whatever that was, um, yeah. I was I was pleasantly shocked to see Serena D win that match. I, yeah, I thought it was a guarantee that Karashita they had the damn trophy there. As soon I as they was, showed the trophy, I knew that she was going to lose. Oh bullshit! No, absolutely knew she was going to lose as soon as they showed that trophy. They no. did the same thing with fucking Jungle Boy. He didn't lose. Nope, I saw it coming. 
fucking Joe's the smartest fucking wrestling fan of all time. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for acknowledging that. Yeah. How many title wins do you have to show for that? A good amount. A very good amount. Only Since one. I started doing them, have you won a single time? Once. Yes. So won. half he's the won. number of times I've won since he's, I've he's won okay. once. I've won at least okay. at least once, maybe uh, twice. I'm pretty sure I took the title off of you and you haven't beaten me since. But okay. No, that's so, fine. <laughs> so so since you've won, yes. I've only I've only never won it. but since but since you've been predicting and there's there's plenty of there's plenty of audio recording to to tell but i'm not going to listen to all of that again so sure there's no way of knowing all i know is that you're you're great joe all i know is that i haven't won which fucking sucks um just remember joe that we're obviously better than fucking villain yeah can you stop saying that you're gonna fuck me (laughs) <laughs> uh the dante no. the dante martin alistair black stuff oh that was pretty intriguing uh and also i'm pretty sure leo rush also said that like he would say like he, he did like a backstage vignette where he said he would take the like top flight under his wing or something like that yeah he was like yeah. trying to sell dante martin to come work for him i don't know what happened to the other guy in top flight but i he just mentioned top, dante martin in his little promo yeah, it's his brother Darius Martin. I think he's injured and has been injured for a hot minute. He could be coming back soon. I have no idea. But I if if we get a I guess a stable with Leo Rush and Top Flight, sign me the fuck up. That would be dope. Top Flight, they're they're like the ones that are like children, right? Like 20 and 22. Yeah, they're uh Dante Martin said he do he just turned 19 or 20 or something like that. He's 20. Yeah. He, they're yeah. ridiculously young. And um, good. Good for their age, you know? Very good. Uh, but yeah, it looks like he's going to have a match with Mal- Malachi Black sometime soon, which, yep, shut up and take my money. Insert Futurama meme with Fry. Shut up and take my money. You've got it. Uh, last thing, main event. So the one thing that I wanted to point out and I wrote this down while I was watching it. And I'll say this first was that the poker chip where the AEW logo was. Uh, so we're talking about the casino ladder match to determine the number one contender. The, the poker chip where the AEW logo was, was like around the AEW logo was like filled in black. And it was in the shape of a gear, which made me think full gear. Um, but then I saw a picture online that the other chips or other things that they've done ladder matches for also had gears and the logo for double or nothing also has a gear in the same spot. So after the, like immediately once I saw the gear, I was like, Oh, full gear hangman page is going to be the, the Joker. Uh, and then I saw those other pictures and I felt really, I like, I felt really stupid about my prediction, even though I was right. I just wanted to point that out because I had no idea that the the every single logo that they do, the AW logo is like surrounded in like a black fill-in in a gear shape. It just made me think of full gear and the match that I've been wanting to see for over a year now with Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Well, well thanks for admitting that. You're welcome. But 
we had the we had the casino ladder match. We had you know Moxley, Andrade, Lance Archer was in there. Orange Cassidy and Matt Hardy were in there for some reason, and oh, the last one helped me out. Adam Page. Well, I said Adam Page. There was another person. Pac. Yeah, Pac. Oh uh, yeah, he had a big part in the match. Yeah, yeah. the ending. Speaking of his big part, the uh, the dead eye off the ladder through the table. Holy shit! Yeah, right. <laughs> what a fucking spot. That was ridiculous. That looked like it really fucking hurt. Hangman didn't look like it Pack, hurt. Pack that much. Pack did that. a really good job moving his neck though, because if like the way they started that that move and then like landed, he moved his neck and like curled it in. And I watched it on replay. And if he hadn't done that, he would have broken his fucking neck because of the way that Adam did that move to him. So, like, thank God Pac, like, knew how to land right and was good at his job. Otherwise, Pac would be fucking dead. Yeah, that was a ridiculous spot. Um, but, I mean, the the pop that Hangman gets when his music hits was also just insane. Probably the loudest of the night up there with the Jericho pop from earlier in the night. Uh, and I... And he obviously ends up winning the match and we're going to get Hangman versus Kenny Omega for the AEW championship. I just don't know when yet. They haven't said when that match is going to be. I'm hoping it's full gear because the gear in the chip. But we'll see. I would be kind of shocked if it was that soon, knowing that Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson still in the, the hunt there. I mean, he's one and well, now he's one and one in eight or two and one in AEW. No, he's well, one. Two, uh, no, two he's here. He's won one and one. He beat Nick. He's Jackson. one zero and one. No, he it's beat one, Nick zero, Jackson. He beat Nick Jackson. He lost in the eight man tag team match. That counts towards his record. Oh, yeah, yeah but... he's one one and one. That's what I said. Yeah, you're right. One one one. I forgot the eight man tag match counted. In one on one, he's one and one tie. Yeah. So, I mean, can you really give him? He's not. I mean, I know for a fact he's not in the top five yet. I mean, the, uh, the people in the top five are people that have been in the company for a while and have like a substantial record in the year of 2021. So he's going to have to get a lot of wins, which he doesn't have enough time to do before full gear. So I could see maybe him and Hangman Page having a match at some point to, I mean, I mean to try and get Hangman to relinquish the the chance at the title. And I swear to God, if they do that and they give Danielson the win, I'll be really upset because I want uh, Hangman Page to win the championship. So I don't fucking think they bad. do that. I don't. I don't think Bryanson's in in AEW to do that that quickly. Did you just say Bryanson? Mm-hmm. Did you see the new rankings that came out today? Oh God, no. Danielson is Danielson in the top five? No, he's not. Okay. But Adam Page shot to number one. Well, yeah, because overnight. That makes, that makes sense. It's. Page, Cassidy, Moxley, Archer, and Miro, which all makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Cassidy doesn't, but he wins a lot of his matches. So he's 18, two, and one. He's only lost two matches all year. So, and one of them, one of, one one of one them, of them was, was to Kenny Omega. Yeah. One of them was in a triple threat match, and the other one was this weekend on the, in the fatal four way, right? No, in the, the ladder match. Sorry. Yeah, that counts. So the only two matches he's lost was a six-way match and a triple threat match. He's never pinned or any of those. 
So I mean, well, no, he was pinned. He because he won. No, yeah, didn't he go up against uh, Adam Cole for no for the title? Jungle no, Jungle Boy did. Jungle Boy for what title? For the AEW Championship. I thought. Well, did they last time Adam Page was in the was in the picture? It was there was a match between Adam Page and and Dark Order against the Elite. No, that's not what I'm saying. It was it was like a match to determine who was the number one contender between Orange Cassidy and Adam Page. And I if, thought Orange Cassidy are you won talking that about, one. Are you talking about earlier in the year before Double or Nothing? Because yeah. I think oh, that, that was a that, that was a triple threat, wasn't it? I think that did happen, and Orange obviously would have won because he was in the match. Yeah, it was him, Pac, and him, Pac, and Kenny in the match, and Kenny yeah. won that one. So that would not be one of his two losses, anyways. Why not? Because we just said Orange Cassidy won. You fucking idiot. The only matches that Orange Cassidy's lost were that triple threat match and the six man ladder match this week. So it makes okay. sense that he's still number two. Okay, cool. He has a tie. Maybe there's a tie in there somewhere. Yeah, okay. I have no idea where that would be. I unless I that's unless that's the ladder match since he didn't get. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't I have no idea how the rankings work when it's not a singles match, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, Adam Page wins the match. I'm super pumped. I hope we get it at full gear, and I hope that Hangman Page wins the championship at full gear. I need that to happen. Any yeah. any last thoughts before we close out? No. Absolutely not. All right. So next week, we're going to have our predictions for Crown Jewel because Crown Jewel is on a Thursday. And uh, yeah, it's two Thursdays from now. So next week, we're going to have to make predictions on what is almost sure to be a not completely filled out card. So there's probably only going to be like five or six matches on the card. And they're going to probably add, I don't know, two or three more the week, maybe the day of the pay-per-view. So I'm really excited for that. Um, and then obviously we'll talk about the go home show from actually, we won't be able to talk about the go home show because it'll air after we record next week. So the week before the go home shows, which is the SmackDown I'm watching right now and the raw in three days. And we will have the fallout on dynamite next week from hangman winning the ladder match which I am very excited to see when they announce that for. And then obviously some results from the Queen's Crown Tournament and King of the Ring Tournament. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. As always, you can follow us on DDT WrestlePod on Twitter. And we have been the Drunk Dudes, Dylan, Joe, and Chad. And we'll catch you on down the road. thinking